0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to episode six of the Fanboys Anonymous group meeting podcast. I am your host, the owner of FanboysAnonymous.com, Tony Mango, and with me on the panel for this evening's festivities, we have two different fanboys here, Chris Dace. Hey, hey, hey. And Tom Jackson. Hello. This meeting has been officially called to order. We're going to talk about our review, our opinions, our perspectives, everything in relation to Amazing Spider-Man 2. The movie just came out in America yesterday. We are recording this the 2nd of May, so uh, we are a little bit later than some other countries. I don't know why they're still necessarily doing that, but they are. So we had to wait, and (laughs) that's why this is not up uh, sooner, because we're not watching some cam footage thing or anything like that. We're watching an XD, which is the same as 3D, but $2 more. (laughs) 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 So uh, first impressions, basic ideas, your overall thoughts about the movie, and we're going to break things down and discuss lots of little details here and there. I liked it. I thought it was very entertaining. I liked it better than the first one, and I am going to end up seeing it again. And that's good because I was planning on seeing it again anyway. And if it would have been a bad movie, then damn it, that would have been terrible. But uh, that's my point of view. And we are disagreeing about some stuff before we even did this. So I know that we'll get positives and negatives from everybody. Tom, what did you think? Overall impression.
1: Well, I have to be honest and say I went into this planning not to like it because some movies he says it's just trendy to go and already hating it but to be i, I gave it a fair chance and i think this franchise skipped the glorious spider-man 2 and went straight to a horrible spider-man 3
0: ouch it was just not great <laughs> dace overall impressions
2: meh I, <laughs> just going into it it was it was cool to see but you know i walked away just kind of like yeah that was a movie it's okay <laughs>
0: So we have uh, a green light, a yellow light, and a red light from us. And that's going to really, uh, span all the, the different things that we can talk about. One thing I wanted to say in a a positive sense is I thought that this movie had a better job of pacing than the first movie. The thing that I really didn't like about Amazing Spider-Man 1, I mean, there's, you know, the little things I didn't like that bothered me quite a bit because I'm a big Spider-Man fan. Um, And then there were little things that bothered me and all that. But the, the one main thing as a movie that I didn't like about it was I thought that they crammed way too much in there and tried to make it mean too much at the same time. The main issue was there's about like seven characters that have some kind of a relationship with Peter Parker in the first movie. And they all only have like one scene with him before they, like, die, or the movie's over, or whatever. Like, uh Uncle Ben has literally, I think, one or two short scenes where he calls Peter an asshole, basically, and then gets shot, and then it's like, oh, my God, Uncle Ben, you're so perfect. Why did you die? And it's like, no, he was a fucking
2: asshole in this movie. And he didn't say the one line.
0: Right. Like, come on. With great power, there comes great stuff. I don't remember what the rest of that line well, is. like,
3: yeah.
2: That was another thing that
0: bothered me is they went out of their way not to do certain things. Like yeah. they went they had to do a different costume. They had to uh, make these same things that were a part of the origin, but they didn't want to do it. So they did like this half-assed, we're going to purposely not do it kind of thing. And that stuff bothers me. But the pacing with that, with not just Uncle Ben, but it came with Lizard. I mean, they had like two conversations and then it was like, oh my God, my my big mentor that... We maybe spent like 25 minutes talking over the course of my entire life. Uh, You turned into a bad guy. And my semi girlfriend that I've stalked, her dad is dead. No, you hated me.
1: Maybe you stumbled on the secret recipe for Peter Parker. He only spends time with people for like 10 minutes, and then that's
0: (laughs) it. I got to skateboard Go do some other shit. (laughs) But with this movie, I thought that they did a better job with that. I thought. um, When they introduced Harry Osborn, they already had built in the idea that they were friends before, so they could kind of skip that a little bit, but he didn't need to have that much of a relationship with Max Dillon. He could just, I mean, that actually helped it, even, that he had only met him the one time, and then he was just like, ah, I can't remember your name, shit. Oh, Max, yeah, sure, Max. Wait a minute, you're a bad guy. Uh, Now I'm going to fight you. Uh, So... I like that better. Now that we had Gwen Stacy from the first movie that built up some of the groundwork and we could just go right into their relationship. And another thing with the pacing issues that affects the characters that really bothered me the first time around, but they, I think that they fixed it this time. Aunt May really got screwed in the first movie. Yeah. There was really like no interaction with her and Peter and outside of the egg scene, which I like, that was cute. Um, They're really, he just kind of seemed like a little asshole to her. And in this movie, you could actually see that they were a surrogate mother and son, that they loved each other in some kind of way. So I liked that a lot. I thought the pacing was a lot better. What do you guys think about that? Was this more of a triumph? Was it the same kind of thing? Was it worse? Was there some kind of an issue with they didn't spend enough time on this character, but they really should have kind of thing? Dace?
2: I think it was done very well. Um, like you said, they, they built a little bit more on the characters to give us more feels when it came to it. Uh, I like the fact that Paul Giamatti wasn't in it that much, even though you know he he was he's been heavily featured in all the trailers and everything. But at the same time, they they didn't oversaturate with villains. They did I think they did that just right. They had three villains. They could have went the route of uh, way too much, but I think they did it just right. Tom. Um, Well, I
1: think it was a long movie. It was a two and a half hour movie. And I thought, I think there was a lot going on. I thought the first act was really strong. Like I got into that movie 10, 15 minutes in. I thought this, this was going pretty well. But for me, the second act, it was just trying to do a lot, a lot of character work with a lot of different people trying to do like three different themes. And obviously we'll get to the, the big moment at the end, which I thought the big moment should have kind of heralded the end of the movie, but it kind of heralded the end of the second act instead And then we had this additional 15, 20 minutes that I'm just not convinced was necessary.
0: I think I know where you're going with that because I had somewhat of a similar uh, idea. Yeah,
1: I I think I couldn't appreciate what they were trying to do at the end just because, I mean, again, the big moment at the end of Act 2 was just so heavy and honestly something that hasn't really been been done in superhero films um, that I, I think trying to... Which I understand why they just try to start rebuilding something there because especially for this to be a family movie, that's a heavy moment. But to try to like go straight into it like this pseudo action scene uplifting, he's back on or off the horse, however you say that, it, it just didn't really work for me. And I thought Act Two got really, I just got, thought it got really muddled. because we, we had, had the Electro story bubbling, he had his weird thing with Harry bubbling, he had his weird thing with Gwen bubbling, his weird thing with his aunt, the weird thing with his parents. Like, I, I, just, I thought it was just trying to do too much.
0: Well, let's talk about some of those different storylines going on. Um, uh, I guess let's break it down character-wise. With the Gwen thing, one issue that I had with the Gwen's storyline, and I can understand why they did it, but at the same time, I kind of think maybe they could have figured it out a different way if they... I, I don't want to say something as... Uh, um, condescending as if they would have thought about it another 20 minutes but I think that they could have gone a different route instead of having her main story be that she has some kind of a scholarship and she might move to England and that's something that's really putting a timetable on their relationship I think they could have figured out a different thing to do and kept the same idea of well they won't they uh, you need a bigger commitment to this than just breaking up and getting back together and everything is that something from the comics that she went to Oxford or anything? I don't remember ever ever coming across that, but then again, I'm not the best scholar when it comes to comics. Do you guys remember anything like that happening?
1: I haven't read the Death of Gwen in a while. Whoops. Well, there you go. I haven't read the Gwen Stacy arc (laughs) in a while, but um, I remember it was a lot of this Will They Won't They because they actually did a nice little nod to it because their one big moment was when they were together on top of the Brooklyn Bridge and they embrace and they finally decide, yes, they will, and then chaos ensues.
0: Apparently, she was dressed the same way that she was in the comics when they did that storyline, right. too.
1: Well, I think they took a lot of the um, – at least the essence of the story. I, I think that was the best part of the movie, to be honest, partially because they're dating you know, in real life. So I think their chemistry was a little better. I just think the problem with having her – the will-they-won't-they they factor be her like just unbridled, unblemished – incredibly uprising success be that it, it just made spider-man seem very reactionary and there's kind of two generations of spider-man fans one generation has that parker look that peter parker's just kind of this loser that can't get ahead whereas i think growing up in the 90s with the animated series with the toby Maguire movies it's more that he's this guy that's divided between responsibilities but to me in this movie it's just kind of he's this like wayward kind of loser who can't commit to anything meanwhile she's this up-and-coming rising star kind of thing
0: like, she's the valedictorian instead.
1: It's not that he has to be valedictorian. It's just that she's she's out of college. She's already Somehow she's already working on the side as an 18-year-old girl at a major company. We can get to that later. But she has all these things going. She has college plans. and I mean, Aunt May mentions um, college for Peter, that that's why she's going to nursing school. But can you really say, like, where Spider-Man is in his life when you see this movie?
0: See, I kind of took that as he is what's a good way to word that? Like, uh, he's not thinking about that stuff because he's having too much fun being Spider-Man and he's putting Spider-Man first before everything. So (laughs) it's not that like he, um, is he he can't figure out a way to like get his life together and stuff. He spent his whole life, kind of just being the guy in the background and now he has the spotlight so he doesn't want to lose it and that's why i mean it's not necessarily like a good thing that that's the case but that's why he does come back at the end because he realizes that that is like the main thing in his life and even though spoiler alert i mean we're gonna do spoilers this whole movie so if you haven't gotten it by now uh even though gwen dies eventually he is going to have to move on and it's better for him to be Spider-Man than just being mopey old Peter Parker again.
1: Well, I will say in that last 10 minutes, they do a better job of making him a symbol of hope than DC did in Man of Steel for two hours.
0: Fuck yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I died when they said that symbol of hope thing. I was like, no way. Did they just throw down the gauntlet and totally do it better?
0: That's like everything with Marvel happens now and they just go, okay, remember that scene in Man of Steel where they fucked up and did it wrong? Let's do it right. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs>
0: like we have, we have to do something like a political message Captain America, go do it. <laughs> do it right and do it so well that everybody else will compare you to the Dark Knight and uh, Spider-Man, yeah he's got blue and he's got red and now he's better than Superman <laughs> yeah.
1: he's a symbol <laughs> that actually stops people from dying
0: right so the big thing that we're revolving around is the death of Gwen Stacy um, let's get that one out of the way and we'll talk about the, the end Cap stuff afterward, too. Not Captain America, the end Cap, like end scenes. <laughs> Captain America pops up, and everybody starts getting really happy that uh, there's an Avengers crossover.
1: There's at least... There's probably half a billion people who still don't understand why that can't happen.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, there is. We were talking about it after the movie. Uh, I was saying it'd be funny if like they just threw some kind of a reference out there. like uh, They cast Robert Downey Jr. in like an X-Men movie, <laughs> and when he shows up on the screen. He's got like the, the Tony Stark look and everything like that. And people are like, Oh my God, Iron Man's in there. They're going to do a crossover. And then you just credit him as Robert Downey Jr. Or he's like
3: <laughs>
1: Phil
0: Williams or something like that. And they're like, look, we cast Robert Downey Jr. We didn't cast Tony Stark. What the fuck?
1: Robert Downey Jr. As himself.
0: Right. They pop up and they go, Hey, good Avengers movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so with the, uh, The Death of Gwen Stacy, instead of doing the typical storyline where Green Goblin, Norman Osborn, throws her off of the bridge and her neck either snaps from the web of Spider-Man or something else and there's that whole what happened, did Spider-Man cause it or not? Their interpretation this time is some kind of a giant clock. Does that actually have a name to it?
1: Yeah, I don't. Last time I checked, Big Ben's not in New York City. It's still in London. (laughs) But yeah, they were just—they're just a miscellaneous clock tower, the clock tower that overlooks the power plant. <laughs>
3: that was kind
1: of odd. <laughs> and it's has some kind of a of dogs. A,
0: and has a giant fucking uh, glass ceiling, like you would have in like an arboretum or something like that. <laughs> but uh, Harry Osborn, Green Goblin, is the one who tosses her down, and instead of just snapping her neck, they make it a little bit more brutal by having her get caught. Just up above where that little, um, the extra couple of inches make all the difference, and her neck, bang, smacks against the, the bottom of the, the floor, whatever the ground is, where all the pieces of the clock are all over the place. Uh,
1: How great was the web reaching out?
0: Ah, I loved that. I actually I didn't forgot. love to re-
1: all the slow mo, but that. The the movie really a lot of the fight scenes cut between the the quick action and real almost Matrix slow motion so you kind of I think it's kind of them showing off showing of the intricacies of the real fluid combat but he fires that web shot that makes it between four different cogs perfectly and the, the ends of it reach out and just make a hand like web it's it's perfect
0: that was I thought that that was one of the best parts of the whole thing and something that they should incorporate into the comics or something. Not like, you know, every time he does the Spider-Web, it turns into a hand, but like <laughs> the the symbolism of that of just, you know, it's the last thing that you could possibly do. You're, you have your hand out. it's a need-to-grab-her kind of a thing, and that was fucking beautiful, I thought. What did I you think did about something- that, Dace?
2: Oh, I thought it was great. Uh, I just remember as soon as they went on the top of the bridge, it kept leading to you and German going, she's gonna die. She's gonna die. And then it did it. I was like that. I actually sat there speechless when it happened because I knew it was coming, but at the same time, it was like, oh, it did that very well.
0: Yeah, I made a joke uh, during the movie. I said when uh, they're standing up at the the Golden Gate Bridge that he's like, I made a decision. Nope. Just pushes her. (laughs) Just kill her that way. Spider-Man turns into an evil person by the end.
1: He stepped into Venom when he was at the building. (laughs)
0: <laughs> they, they end up merging that into uh, Superior Spider-Man. Turns out he, Peter was oh, always just Doc Ock this whole time.
2: <laughs> as long as he does the strut that Tobey Maguire did in Spider-Man Three. I mean, how totally without the strut.
1: <laughs> now, I can't believe. I think it's gonna be an
2: interesting weekend
1: to see how people, because you you just saw one of the biggest characters, one of the biggest fictional characters, let alone one of the biggest comic characters, fail, fail in the one moment where it really mattered. This isn't Pepper Potts getting burned up, who has regenerative powers that also regrows her clothing so that she can walk out of the flames and be fine. This is legit main character, main emotional support, main part of this guy's life gone. And she was at the tips of his fingers and he just couldn't pull
0: it off. The only other and, film that's really done that's been The Dark Knight.
1: Yeah, and that's even but that still wasn't. I don't know. Like at that point they were broken up though, you know, like this was, this was like, right. This was on like the eve of their, their grand emotional journey. Their, their big love affair.
0: And true. I mean, there's, you can't really do a comparison of Gwen Stacy, who is this like brilliant, super attractive, funny, witty, amazing girl. And then there's Rachel Dawes, who doesn't look as good as she did in the first film. And is kind of a (laughs) bitch and
1: (laughs) is engaged to somebody else right Iron man two style
0: <laughs> but that really was the first time that they actually had the superhero flat out lose that battle and i think that this time it does have uh, more of an impact especially because gwen is gwen stacy instead of just rachel dawes a character that could easily be killed off because she doesn't exist in the comics
1: well they spent all this time in this movie too showing you that he has nobody his parents are gone. You know, like, you know, his, his, his best friend who might have just gotten back into town, but who he secretly all this time really cared about is gone. Like, she was, I, I never used the phrase his, the, like, someone's rock, because I think that's just ridiculous. But this whole movie really showed you, like, how much he needs her. Like, I think they gave Green Goblin a really good motivation to get rid of her.
0: What, with the uh, the blood? storyline?
1: No, well, no, he said he made, like, this emotional point where he met her in the elevator and she was talking about Peter, and she kind of said – he kind of extrapolated from what she was saying that she is the thing that keeps people go Peter going. This is after Peter Parker slash Spider-Man essentially stole hope from Harry Osborn and said, I won't try to help you beat this essentially terminal illness you have. And he realized, oh, Gwen Stacy is that person to Peter slash Spider-Man. She's the reason he keeps on going. She's the reason he's able to get through all these hardships I know he has in life. So that's why he decides to rob – him of her just like he's robbed Harry of his hope and his one chance at life
0: I actually liked even the concept well you know we'll, we'll break down Green Goblin a little bit later we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll keep on uh, Gwen Stacy for now with um, with the death of Gwen Stacy they were introducing a character uh, that they ended up cutting out and that was Mary Jane uh, she was going to be played by Shaleen or Shaleel I think it's Shaleen um, Woodley and supposedly they cut her out because they said we have too many characters in this and we just wanted to streamline it and it didn't make any sense. I don't know. I get the impression that they they cut her out half because of that, half because they saw the backlash from the fans. Pretty much everybody was just like, she's not hot enough to be Mary Jane. And <laughs> while, while at the same time, 99% of the people that are writing that on the websites, you guys know would totally just fawn over her if they saw her in person or whatever. And that, <laughs> there's that whole like, Oh, she's a four out of 10. I wouldn't bang. Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, but at the same time, I do kind of agree. I think that we went through the first Spider-Man series where we had Kristen Dunst, who's not an unattractive woman at all, but she just doesn't scream that super hot, supermodel Mary Jane kind of thing. If they would have gone with that again, that would have been odd. So, I think that they half did it because they wanted the recast and half because of the the streamlining stuff. But something about that uh, with the death of Gwen Stacy, I think if they would have introduced the Mary Jane character in here, it would have been an issue because it would have seemed like he moves on way too fast.
3: Right.
1: There'd be no hope when she dies.
0: Right. If he would have met Mary Jane, like, you know, midway through the movie and then at the end, they. He she bumps into him again and it's like oh how you doing Tiger and then he's just gonna like oh I can fuck that girl okay <laughs> like that would have been kind of bad. Well
1: I thought it was interesting if we're on the women of Spider Man that they brought I haven't checked the credits but is Harry's assistant Felicia Hardy?
0: That's I think right. I think she is supposed to be Felicia Hardy.
1: That's what I presume from the name Felicia. That I thought it was it could be cool to see her if I mean her character they didn't really do anything with her to hint that she could be an an, an A top-built star for any of these things, but it'd just be nice to see them. I mean, they had Spencer Smythe in it as well, so hopefully they're trying to expand the world a little bit.
0: Well, Dace, what do you think about the Mary Jane thing? Do you think it's a mistake that they didn't add her in here, or is it a good thing? What do you think about that casting? Who should play it, if not her again?
2: I I think it's a good thing they didn't bring her in. Like, uh, you you had made point to, they had a lot of characters in this and a lot of development they were trying to do with everybody, and I think if we were in the theater and we got five minutes of Mary Jane we probably would walk away irritated and say, well, why the hell did they do that? I know they want to set up for the next one, but I think killing Gwen and leaving him alone sent a more of a powerful message than introducing Mary Jane real quick, and then you're screwed.
0: What do you think about Shaleen Woodley? Would she have been a decent choice?
2: Eh, it didn't bother me either way. I could care less.
0: Well, one thing I loved that they did in this was... After Gwen dies, they do the, the stereotypical funeral scene. It seems like every super, uh, Spider-Man movie has to have a funeral scene.
1: <laughs> it's like hero hospital scene.
0: It's just it has to happen, uh, which is like Jesus, who's gonna die the next one? Um, but what I really liked about that was the passage of time, and that they showed that it wasn't just she dies and he grieves for like a week, and then you get this kind of impression of like. Oh, man, like my life is over. Eh, it'll be okay. I liked how it, this clearly has been bothering him for, at the very least, a year has gone by.
3: And, I, I, go
0: ahead. And uh, one thing I really liked, too, that um, they didn't, I don't think that they mentioned in the movie, but when I downloaded the, or, well, okay, when I bought the soundtrack, uh, <laughs> the the song that they played um, during that, if I'm remembering correctly and if this is the right song and all that, it's called Let Her Go. And I was like, damn it, that's good. That's a good <laughs> pun to do that because the whole letting her go, dropping her, letting her go physically and emotionally and mentally and all that, perfect way to sum that up. And um, it's a weird situation to deal with when you have like uh, the love interest dies in something because... If you make your hero move on, they kind of seem like an ass, but if they don't move on, then you just have this completely bitter, depressing person. And somebody like Spider-Man has gone through so much stuff over the years in the comics and TV shows and everything, but he's always still at his core been a positive hero. And if they would have made it too depressing, it would have gotten bad. And then you go the whole dark and gritty because we like the Dark Knight kind of thing. Um, so I like that they, they acknowledge the fact that it's not just, um, pushed aside, but at the same time you can get over it and not, not, not necessarily that you get over it and, you know, uh, the good line from Aunt May about it'll always be a part of you, but you will, you'll find another place to put it in your life kind of a thing. I like that a lot. I think that they could have handled that really poorly and they figured out a, a good compromise. What do you think, Tom?
1: Um, I I think the cool thing about that was the fact that, you know, I know we'll talk about it at some point point. I know a lot of other people are talking about it. It's, you know, do we want to see Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe at some point and all these things? I think that death montage and time lapse is a a strength it has by being its own independent franchise. They don't have to worry about keeping up with all the other movies or or building up to some other big movie because Spider-Man, Spider-Man himself is as big of a character as all the Avengers are together in my opinion. So I think to let this one guy stand tall and, and to kind of let all these things happen to this guy is, is just as compelling as, as having a Thor movie and a cat movie all tying together. So I like that we could stay with him for this whole – I think um, I think in the movie he said to her that it's been like five or six months. But the fact that you can have that passage of time and, and commit all that time to that character and the events of his life, I think it just makes it all feel like it has more value. Like all these all these events are weighted more and have more significance.
0: Did you cut out there or did the.
1: No, I, I just okay. trailed <laughs> off with a strange inflection in my voice. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, th- I, I thought that part was very satisfying. But I think maybe that's why I thought transitioning then into like a mini fight scene was weird.
0: Well, with the mini fight scene, I kept thinking to myself, I know that um, Paul Giamatti becomes Rhino in this. And. We're running out of time here like what's going yeah. on i'm still not seeing rhino did they like cut that out and show I was
1: thinking when he was swinging to the power plant. i was like it's nighttime and all that all right. footage of the rhinos in the afternoon like, right. like, don't tell this, me this is, this is like day? a 14 hour marathon fight here
0: <laughs> yeah like it ends up okay you fought electro and he's done oh crap now harry's the green goblin oh, okay he's dead Oh crap, now there's a rhino. Then it's like afterward yeah. that it pops up. I'm the shocker. And he's just like, son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck, now I have to fight Big Wheel? Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, there's the no, no hustler.
1: And whoever Mr. Fear is.
0: Uh, Mr. Fears. Yeah. Um Oh, uh, let's talk about that the little end cap stuff. Um What I liked about that is if they would have ended with him just being depressed or if they would have just ended with him, um, they some kind of a, I'm going to go out and be Spider-Man again and climb out the window and then everything's going to be better until the next movie thing. I wouldn't have felt as satisfied. And I think having that little thing in the end, it really speaks to one of my main things that I really liked about this movie, which it felt like a comic book and I don't mean that in a way where like Ang Lee was like, Oh, we're doing a comic book movie. So let's have comic book panels pop up (laughs) or when these people make things campy and silly and like Batman and Robin where they're like, Oh, well in the the comic books there's fucking neon and shit. So let's make his Batmobile drive up a wall and uh, (laughs) all that. Like none of that crap. Like this felt like a comic book to me in its structure uh, more so in like the ultimate series where I read, I think up until episode, an oh episode, I'm calling it an episode, uh, until issue number one hundred and maybe five or so, um, of the ultimate Spider-Man series. I didn't get into ultimate X-Men and a lot of the other ones. Um, but with the ultimate Spider-Man ones, I followed that, uh, maybe, After the first year or so, I, um, started to get into it. And when I read that, I really liked how they kept things concise, but at the same time they did references to a lot of different things and they built upon stuff and they kept it where each story arc really felt like if it was a three issue story arc or a five, one or seven or whatever, you could tell that it was, uh, in the middle of something else but you could read just that and it would be okay. And this one felt to me like they started it off and it's Spider-Man being Spider-Man. And it's just a a couple action stuff of him fighting this guy who ends up being Rhino. Just the same as if you had an issue now where he's fighting, say, Beetle. And Beetle doesn't matter that much into the story because after he fights Beetle, then it turns out that Electro is fighting... Something and, then it's a, and it's an Electro story or something. I liked that. Uh, it didn't really bother me because a lot of people go, well, if you have three villains, then Spider-Man 3 proved that you can't have more than one villain. That's not true. <laughs> Spider-Man 3 proved that if you don't want to have more than one villain, then you're going to fuck up. Because if Sam Raimi doesn't want Venom, he's not going to put any fucking effort into him. And if Sam Raimi wants Sandman to be the most important character in the world because he's got a boner for Sandman then suddenly Sandman killed Peter Parker's parents <laughs> but uh, with this though with the comic book feel I, I liked how it was bookended with Rhino stuff because Rhino is not a character that you need to build a story around or you really can build a story around he's just a dude Like
1: you shouldn't build a story around him
0: no you can't build any kind of a story other than an episode of a TV show where if you have a 20 minute window and you're a kid's TV show, yeah, you can have this guy is the Rhino and he's, you know, running in the banks and stealing money. Okay. Well then you've got your TV show like, but you, you can't make a whole TV show out of that. So you can't do that with a movie and booking it with Rhino was a cool way of just showing off the universe. I think same with a lot of different cameos and we'll talk about all the cameos and all that. But, uh, I think doing that little last action set piece was true to that feel. You you have these characters that are built around a central storyline, but the storyline is almost secondary in entertainment value to just watching Spider-Man do Spider-Man. Why did I say that phrase? I hate that phrase, that whole you do you and I do me. <laughs> God, kill me.
1: That's uh, true, though. The ending really made that feel like that was, as much as that was a big comeuppance for him to get back in the suit, it really made it really made it feel like that's just this is his daily life now. It's just taking on these challenges and which is something we haven't really seen much in Marvel outside Batrock the Leaper, who I think was another perfect use of that. Yes. C-list villain shows up for a brief because a movie any movie is essentially a series of somewhere between like like six to ten challenges. And I think Bat Batrock I kinda like better. But I think between both of these, they found that Unlike Spider-Man three where they all need to have an intense story and come back and be part of the a story. This is a fun universe. Like just throw, give me the shocker for one sequence for 10 minutes and that's all we need.
0: Right? Yeah. You can have him fight somebody like shocker or boomerang in the, the, um, the ultimate Spider-Man video game. You fight boomerang and he's not a boss fight.
1: He's 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 just in this world.
0: Yeah. He's just another dude that pops up and you beat him up and it's like, Oh, that was boomerang. Cool. Yeah, well, he mm-hmm. was robbing a bank or something, and then that's why he fought him. Because that's what they do in the comics, and that's what I really liked. What did you think about the whole comic book field days? Is that something that translated to you, or um, were you kind of annoyed with the, the end cap and thought that that hurt the emotional value?
2: Uh, when you when it comes to the whole uh, ending scene, if they would have just ended it with Gwen's death and the whole plan coming together and not shown him return, I think it would have made a better made for a better third movie coming up. Um, but I do like what you were saying with boomerang and again, it's another thing where cap ruined it for the rest of the movies <laughs> where um, the opening with Batra, the uh, leaper quick fight scene kind of just like tipped their hat to another villain and that was it. So cap did it better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's a well that and I, I think I hate to say this, but there's you know it, it's it's been interesting watching the superhero genre as much as... If you trace it back, superhero movies have been coming out since the 20s. But this wave of them has really evolved since the first uh, Spider-Man movie. So, unfortunately, they've evolved cliches for themselves. That cliche of the little kid in the costume.
3: Uh,
1: oh, man. As soon as that scene started, I was like, oh, now we got to do this scene. Here we go. Did and anybody it's...
0: else get the feel that that was supposed to be a reference to Miles?
1: They, they just released a press statement yesterday saying – Essentially, there's no way he's ever going to happen.
0: Which is good, because he shouldn't. I mean, I don't even like the idea that Miles Morales happened, period. And that's not because it's like, oh, a non-white Spider-Man. No, it's a non-Peter Parker Spider-Man.
1: Well, that's, you know, it's (laughs) interesting with this movie, with this movie coming out, Spider-Man's returning to the 616 universe, which is the main Marvel universe. And if you've been living under a rock in the comic book, Spider-Man lost a war for his brain and Otto Octavius, Dr. Octopus has taken over his brain for the last... Just over a year. But actually, something a lot of people forget is that in the late 90s, Marvel actually almost went bankrupt, which is when they sold the rights of the movie rights of X Men to Fox and these Spider Man movie rights to Sony. And Sony actually owns part of the publishing rights for Spider Man. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Peter Parker's back in the Ultimate Comics as well within the next month or two. Or if, or if the seeds for him returning are sown, because if you check out on Fanboys Anonymous the review of Ultimate Spider-Man 200, we saw a silhouette that looked a lot like Peter at the end of the issue. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's due back any month now.
0: Good, because I don't like a lot of that stuff. If you're doing like an Elseworlds kind of story or what if or whatever, that's a different thing. But there's, I don't know, to me there's too much in comics where they try to replicate the same sort of thing. For no no reason other than they want something different um right, and I'm okay with different for some things. I actually like especially when it comes to the, the race- race issue, I like Black Nick Fury better than white Nick Fury, mm-hmm. and I would be more than happy if they figured out a way to reboot the current six one six universe and made Nick Fury look like Sam Jackson. that'd be they fine did that already they did, but yeah. it's, but it's not his like uh, son who isn't really Nick Fury's like Nick Fury jr. Kind of thing.
1: Oh, well, yeah, they did that.
0: Well, that's, I mean like just flat out, he is Nick Fury. Oh, he's, a they do he's it like that.
1: Been, yeah, no, they didn't do that. That would be, there'd be people pillaging things if they did that.
0: <laughs> but like, I, that means I don't like Miguel O'Hara and I don't like Ben Riley. I like my Batman to be Bruce Wayne. I like my Superman to be Kal-El, and I like my Spider-Man to be Peter Parker. I'm a
1: simple man. Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Not one of these fake Spider-Men. <laughs> Not one of these different costumes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I don't like when they add extra characters and do like Spider-Boy and whatever. Well, like
1: That means you're really excited for Spider-Verse this November featuring every Spider-Man who's ever been created, right?
0: Well, that, that's a different story because they already made them, so do something with them. but don't make any more just pleasing you (laughs) well like don't make any more in fact (laughs) when you do this storyline kill them all off except for peter and that's how you get rid of all that crap like you can make a ben riley and a a Kane and a doppelganger and all that kind of stuff but write them all off at the end and go that's because there's only one spider-man it's peter parker fuck everybody else and like Miles Morales, okay. If that's the only thing we ever see from a movie, a little reference of, I guess he was supposed to be like Miles Morales or something like that. that that's okay. He existed in the comics. You do a little reference. That's cool. Don't ever do a movie about it.
1: At least it's not Will Smith, kid.
0: <laughs> but I would be just as annoyed if they made a Miles Morales movie of Spider-Man as if they did, um, if they would have made the Joyce, Joseph Gordon-Levitt version of robin if they would have made him batman in a movie he's not batman he is uh, a what if version of robin so doesn't count like <laughs> <laughs> i just think it's a strange idea it's like very meta it's like look we're showing how much
1: spider-man means to people in this world but like isn't this whole movie supposed to be to make him mean something to us in the real world <laughs> like this is like us telling you that he means things to people well, I've, I've been here for two and a half hours. I already know that. I feel that. I just had to watch his girlfriend bleed through her nose because he failed to catch her.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, like, do we really need to see this little kid put on this fucking costume? And then hardened Paul Giamatti, uh, Russian mobster with an un, with an accent thick as molasses in the thick of winter in the middle of Siberia. <laughs> like, refuses to shoot at him. Like it's like well we just killed someone on screen just do something for the kids real quick (laughs) like when i was a little kid i never want like i didn't go to movies to see oh look there's a boy like me i was like oh look there's spider-man that's who i want to be not little kid fake spider-man
0: right (laughs) (laughs) i know what you mean about that because i whenever the the network execs are like oh we need to appeal to the kids and stuff it's like you have spider-man done like, yeah, you win. I fucking watched RoboCop as a kid because RoboCop was badass. Not because there was a little kid tagging around with RoboCop who was going like, "How you doing, cop?" or something like that.
1: Thanks <laughs> like, for the help,
0: oh, Right? Yeah. Like I, if I were uh, reading comics back when they introduced Robin, I probably wouldn't have liked Robin because it wouldn't have mattered to me that he's got a kid next to him. It would have been like, "Why is Batman hanging around with a kid? This is weird." Now, I, just, I, I fucking love the, the Dick uh, Grayson character, right? but I don't like how they do a lot of that stuff just for the sake of it. So adding the little kid in there, if they did it because they wanted a Miles reference, okay. If they did it because they thought that that was going to end up uh, showing off like to little kids that you should buy more merchandise, come on.
1: It just not the value. The, the, the cops, can't, New York City cops can't catch a six-year-old. He, oh, darn, he got out of our grasp. Well, <laughs> now he's out there in front of the death machine. But they oh. can restrain the mother.
0: <laughs> right. They, <laughs> they grab her, and it's like, no, don't go out there. And then the one That's guy like, literally says, kid, you got to get out of there. <laughs> like
1: It's one thing if he goes in front of boomerang. That thing has two machine guns on its hands <laughs> and rocket launchers. It's pure death. <laughs> And they're
0: like, we're cops. We're sworn to protect the innocent. Except for that kid, I ain't gonna fucking hear that thing. <laughs> if
1: this were DC, that kid would have had six holes in him before Spider Man got there. No, oh, I'll never give up being Spider Man again.
0: Now, if this was DC, that kid would have had the uh, holes in him, but it would have been because Spider Man fucking did it.
1: Well, then they would have had to they would have had to figure out a way to make the title something without the character's name in it. <laughs> the amazing. They would have just been the... like webslinger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wall crawler. Dude, he gets bit by spider. <laughs> the movie.
0: Spider teen.
1: <laughs> oh, man. So I I was, I guess you could call it lucky enough to see one of the last three performances of the not hit Broadway play, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. And there was a point in that movie where Electra was like, I'm going to turn off all the lights in the city. I was like, no, no, no. That is too close to the title of that play. It's too <laughs> easy for someone to say, now we got to turn off the dark.
0: And everybody <laughs> just starts breaking out the dance. <laughs>
1: Well, I'd start singing one of the memorable songs from that movie if there was one, or from the play. But...
0: <laughs> Did you get injured when you were seeing it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, which means I didn't have an experience, which <laughs> is awful.
0: So, uh, any other thoughts about the end cap stuff before we move on to whatever different topic we move on to next?
1: I think there's a bigger conversation to be had about sequel setup, so we'll save that for later.
0: Alright, action. Let's move just on to that one because that's a pretty easy transition. I think that this was the best example of Spider-Man action that we've ever gotten. Um, he really seemed more like Spider-Man in this one. He's agile, he's flexible, he um, is doing a lot of moves that you would see in like a video game for it instead of just a couple punches and some obvious wire rigs like in the first movie. Which, credit to uh, Sam Raimi. When they did that first movie... They did a hell of a job for never having any kind of a reference point, knowing what is good and what doesn't work and all that. They right. pulled that out of their ass extremely well. So it's not that it's like, okay, well, now enough time's passed, so fuck those guys. They didn't do a good job. No, they did like the equivalent of what Star Wars did, where Star Wars doesn't look as good anymore. But back in the day, phenomenal.
1: Yeah, so, the blaze, it was a trail trailblazer.
0: Right, so credit to them for that, but at the same time, I think that this upped the ante and this gave us the best action out of all the Spider-Man movies. Dace, what do you think?
2: Uh, Definitely. Uh, There were some points, though, where it was entirely too fast. Like, I'm old, I guess, and I can't keep up with the screen moving so fast anymore. (laughs) But he was flying through those freaking streets and spinning through the pillars and stuff like that, and I'm like, holy shit. But like you said, it's exactly what a game would be like, or actual Spider-Man fighting. Uh, I'm just old and can't keep with it.
0: <laughs> You're sitting there, like, in your seat, just. Oh, I, gotta, I gotta calm down. What did he yeah. just do? <laughs> just,
2: go, just go play chess in Central Park, God damn it. And
0: <laughs> yeah, then it'll show us that you still have your powers.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I guess I'll pick up on the old man thread there. Um. I'm going to have to say I'm a little disappointed because I think I agree this was some of the best Spider-Man action, but that's because it was the least human in a Spider-Man costume during the action. And if there's anything The Matrix Reloaded taught me, it's that it doesn't matter how cool and choreographed a fight scene seems, 10 years from now, it's going to look like crap. (laughs) Because if you go back and watch that Smith-Neo fight, it's just, it looks like Wallace and Gromit. (laughs) Um, And... I thought some of the moves were really, really cool, and I really enjoyed some of the intricacy, but I didn't love it constantly slowing down. Yeah. Like, to really... Because there was a point where it's, like, these action sequences aren't that long if you play them normal time, and the amount of stuff he's doing, like, it isn't that interesting. Like, he just kept doing, like, essentially a plug-and-chug. Like, well, I'll jump over here. Nope, jump over here. Nope, jump over here. Nope, 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 nope. Real time, punches him. Okay, that worked. Um and I also thought the slow motion, like there was a there was that I so I'm the blood red, angry, red light in this uh this triumvirate conversation. And I didn't like the movie. But I really like the first ten minutes I thought were solid. And maybe that's why for me it was just a slow ascent from there. But like the opening scene, it's him being cocky and Agile Spider-Man's like, Wow, this is cool action. Okay, slow motion. Oh wow, you can see all those cars crashing and blowing up. Wow, everyone who was in that car just died. <laughs> all right, yeah. I guess we're cool with that. That's fine. Like that part where he he saved that one from the cab. The cab flips over, front end crunches into the ground. Haha, cocky ha, aside. Someone just died in there.
0: <laughs> I had the same kind of idea though. Like, he was kind of blowing that off. So.
1: Yeah, like that car. He's a, like,
0: as much as the little
1: literal rhino guy who stole an armored car with a with a for, or a tow truck thing, he would just like every time he crashed somebody, people were dying. Or, like the one time he like let him. He's like he he told uh, Gwen to hang on because he was going through an intersection. Hang on, something's in his way. Yeah, that something is small vehicles containing families. <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> So, I mean, again, if we're talking about the the symbol of hope thing, he was certainly a better symbol of hope than, than uh, Superman and Man of Steel, who who probably let about eight square city blocks just crumble. But uh, I don't know. To to me, it was good action, but I think movies like these that are popcorn movies, where you know you're gonna have some you're gonna have some plot hangups. They're trying to do a lot. It's hard to do serious drama when you're trying to make it a family popcorn movie. I think the action has to balance it out. And for me, it just didn't quite get there.
0: Dace, what did you think about the action stuff? Uh, Anything uh, else that you hadn't touched upon before?
2: No, I just like, I'm old. Couldn't keep with it. And like he said, 10 years from now, we're going to look back like, huh. Electro looks like shit.
1: <laughs> well, that I think some of that stuff, like it looks like it was made to be video game levels. Like when he's mm-hmm. bouncing through the pylon or those like energy tubes and stuff like that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I thought he got his ass kicked too. Like, like, that part, like, he had, like, nothing going for him.
2: No. <laughs> like, he had no way out of that. Gwen's like, the only really? one who got a good shot in, and then, you know, yeah. she died. Oh, yeah, okay.
1: We'll have to save the whole, I'm the only person who can turn off the power plant by using the large switch labeled emergency shutoff.
0: <laughs> that the guy had a key to in his hand. Like, he could have done it. And propped
1: up. (laughs) And propped up. Just in case you were wondering. (laughs) Oh my because that's it's like the setup. It's it's the little things. Well, you're the I'm Peter, I have to be here. I'm the only person who knows how to open the emergency shutoff button. Well, if the only person, I guess we have to then.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, special effects, let's move on to that. I thought that the special effects were great. I really don't have too much else to say about that. I mean, great special effects are great special effects. Uh, it's not going to win any awards, though. That's one yeah, thing for sure.
1: He never really had any big bursts of it, you know? I mean, I guess he had that power station at the end, but it was a, there was a good half hour, 40 minutes of that movie that had no action.
0: Yeah, about like um, maybe when, like halfway through or so.
1: Yeah, we really focused on the Harry story when he really just became crazy. Like were, I mean, I guess there was, oh, I shouldn't say that. I guess there was like a little bit of like, you know, Harry murdering people, but I'm not talking Super, not a lot of Spider-Man in the suit action.
3: Right.
0: But I think that even just having um, Jamie Foxx look like a being made out of electricity, they pulled that off. And I liked when he specifically transformed into the, um, the one, the wall outlet.
1: Yeah.
0: I thought that that was done well.
1: Well, I think if anything, this really needs, you know, we're really getting, as, as always, pop culture with technology stuff is changing. I think what this and Winter Soldier and hopefully a couple more of these movies need to really tell people is that you can't make any kind of judgments off set photos. Right. You, ju- you just can't. I mean, he, he looked infinitely better than some of those set photos we
0: saw. Yeah, well, I, he just I, looked I, like a member of the Blue Man group. <laughs>
1: yeah. Or uh, Tobias Bluth. Sorry, Tobias Fune K. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought he looked good. I mean, he was, again, I, I think plot lines were tripping over each other because he was, once again, just a bastardization of uh, the bad guy from The Incredibles slash Guy Pierce from Iron Man 3, which is unusual bedfellows. But, yeah. yeah, I thought special effects were good. I thought the Goblin looked, you know, again, talking, you mentioned earlier about having having to make things different than they were before. Um, I thought the Goblin looked much more menacing this time around. A lot of his special effects and some of his the glider and stuff looked good.
0: Damn sure looked better than Harry Osborn Goblin from Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. all
1: berries. <Is> <laughs> I, I love that gif.
0: House of I pie.
1: The people, that's what I send the people.
0: The house of pie thing. <laughs> I love that. House of pie. So good. So, so- good. <laughs> <it. laughs> that yeah. is literally the best part of that fucking movie, which is that.
1: Which I mean, I guess I mean, do you want to get into the Green Goblin?
0: Well, basically in, in general, Dace, what did you think about the special effects? Then we'll hop on the Green Goblin sure, in general. Sure.
2: Uh really good. Um the whole it, it was difficult probably taking on an electro type character and doing it the way they did, and I think they did pretty well. Well actually they did phenomenal. Not uh, pretty well.
0: Maybe um another couple seconds you'll like the movie more. <laughs> It was okay. Oh, actually, it was fantastic. We're
2: getting there, but you're gonna fight. There's gonna be one part where it just kind of like tanks again. So up and <laughs> down, up and down. Yeah. All right.
0: Character wise, Green Goblin. I thought Harry Osborn was both better and worse than the last Harry Osborn that we saw in different ways. Um, he was a little bit too much of a dick. Where I didn't get the impression that he and Peter would have actually been friends. I sort of, if they would have kept more of the first scene that they had together or the second scene that they had together with uh, Skipping the Rocks and stuff, then that could have made more sense. But um, overall, he seemed more like just a casual acquaintance kind of a thing. Um, So that wasn't as good. But at the same time, I think that the good thing that they did with Harry this time was they gave him a stronger motivation to be a villain than just you killed my father and I'm going to assume that you killed my father and all that. Like he had an actual personal stake in this other than revenge. And I don't know. My, my favorite version of Harry Osborn is, I guess you could say a combination of the two. I like Harry being a kind of charming guy who is a bit of an ass, but he, at his core is a good person. And I didn't like how this ended with him not being a good person. But then again, that's the potential in the future for that to get changed. I like how in the third Spider-Man movie, he becomes a better one and, you know, he dies heroically and all that. But I do like when he's got more of that edge and he, he seems like that spoiled brat of a kid like there's one specific line in this movie that I liked a lot from Harry Osborn where he was just like, oh, you know, like I've dated supermodels. It like, gets so old, doesn't it? Like just <laughs> you prick, you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought what always kept him realistic was that he was kind of like that cool kid that knew he related to you, but in public wouldn't necessarily go out of his way to like be next to you or help you or help anyone else know that you're a decent person.
0: Yeah, he he had that rich entitlement. Um. I need you to be my friend because I need something real in my life. But if it comes down to it, I can't be seen with you kind of a thing that I
1: liked. I I just didn't. I think the number one decision I didn't like was having him try to do a Chris Cooper accent. Which is the guy who played Norman Osborn. Like he kind of tried to me. I could tell he was really trying to impersonate him to make it sound like they were. But when we know he was raised in New York City. So I don't... I I just thought... Because I think... What's his name? Dale Hanan. I'm not sure try you say his name. Dane Hanan.
0: Dane Hanan.
1: Yeah, I think he's a great actor. Like, I was really... Like, I think he kind of got the goblin laugh. Like, I thought he was a very menacing villain at the end. I just think character work-wise, he didn't get a lot of room to do a lot.
0: You know what does suck about Dane? Mm. His two main roles now that have been in movies have been in Chronicle and in this. And in both ones, he plays somebody's friend who ends up being a bad person
1: what is this shit
0: gets superpowers flies around and then gets his ass handed to him wait
1: does that also happen in the Metallica movie he was in oh I don't know <laughs> that doesn't count
0: maybe that'd be funny as hell if it did though <laughs> like you get specific typecasts like Al Pacino he's always angry Robert De Niro he's like a mobster guy uh, well Farrell, he's always playing like this stupid dimwitted type of guy and all that and it's like Dane DeHaan Okay, here's the part where you get your superpowers, here's where you fly around, here's where you die. It's just like fuck, this is a comedy. Like <laughs> I'm I'm in the middle of like a re uh, they showed the um the previews for a, a new annie movie. It's like he gets cast in that and they're like, really? they're fly around and do the same shit. He's like, Fuck oh, that's not in the source
3: material.
1: Kill <laughs> all the
2: orphans. <laughs> <laughs> Well,
1: you know what's, like, another trope I'm really getting sick of in the comic book thing is, like, the the disenfranchised billionaire thing. Damn, you board members. I'll show you to disrespect me. Like, can we just – either let someone be a billionaire or just, like, find something – like, they have to have hobbies. <laughs> there must be somewhere else he can go do bad things. Like, in Arrow, they do it all the time. Iron Man, they try to do the whole board takeover thing. Like – I did, Batman. They did the whole board takeover
2: thing like twice. The original Spider-Man too. Oh yeah, they oh, gosh. they I bumped just, out Norman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no repercussions can come out of this. What the hell that orange uh, thing it, flying at us?
2: <laughs> I think it's like the
1: first thing to do. Okay, well let's start the script tomorrow. Well, well, we'll just try to get the ball rolling. Well, okay. Um, so we know at some point he's be kicked out of his company. So let's go ahead and write down right now. You can't kick me out. I started this company. There <laughs> we go. All right.
0: Now we need a character that is not necessarily from the comics who can tell the person that they're getting kicked out because they're taking it over and then they can die because we want to see them die. <laughs> oh, so, okay. so we've got Colm Fjord here. He could be a perfect vulture. We're going to cast him as Donald Menken, where the fuck that <laughs> is. <laughs> I really, I literally went into this movie thinking that he was going to be Vulture.
1: Yeah. And
0: I accidentally looked on IMDb um, a couple hours before going to the movie, and I was like looking through, and it's like, oh, okay, well, it's you know, Sally Field, Aunt May, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then I see no Adrian Toomes, and I'm like, wait a minute. Well, then who the fuck is Vulture? donald menken i don't fucking remember this name like this is like some off-world vulture other character like they had i know they had like the old man vulture and they had the young man who can steal people's life force or some shit from like the animated series but uh i don't remember them being donald menken they cast what
1: they cast adrian tombs already who is it I forget. I mean, uh, honestly, I can't even... Okay, I write for a geek culture website, and I can't even keep up with all this casting news.
0: Well, if it was a fan cast, you know who it would be. Patrick Stewart. He's a bald guy. He's in every bald (laughs) role. Patrick Stewart should be uh, the next Mr. Freeze, too, while we're at it. Ian
1: McClellan could be Scorpion. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have to go through everything. I'm looking at pictures and stuff to try to remember everything about this movie. I, I just thought the Green... Well, then I think the way that Spider-Man beat Green Goblin with one kick, like, two minutes after he showed up, like, he was really just there to kill Gwen and then be
0: in the next movie. Yeah, Which, I don't know what they're going to do in the next movie with him either.
1: Yeah, because I don't know. Well, because there's all these rumors about the Sinister Six being a standalone movie. However that works, I have no idea. Um, So I, I really... But I, I, I'm not sure they know where they're going
0: at this point. Oh, we'll, we'll definitely have to touch on Sinister Sticks because that idea just seems so boneheaded to me. Um, yeah. what, did you, what did you think about Green Goblin and all those uh, days?
2: I liked Harry and I liked his casting. and I liked that they did a spin on uh, the Goblin by having Harry just take the mantle rather than do the whole Norman thing. But I'm really pissed that they wasted Chris Cooper And Norman Osborn in like five minutes (laughs) because it's Chris Cooper. Like he is the ultimate bad guy. And he would have been a great Norman Osborn. And it was just like, "Mm, he's dead. (laughs) He's gone
1: now. Well, you never know.
2: I was like, I was really ready to leave at that point. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, I know Harry's going to take it, but maybe Harry dies for whatever reason. And then Norman actually becomes that badass Green Goblin that we all want. But, you know. They body jump. Yeah, just something times two. <laughs> I just I was Chris Cooper. I th- this is why it makes the movie Mick, because there was good points and then there was you killed Chris Cooper. Fuckers.
0: I don't think that they did. I think he's coming back in the next one. I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard of anything that says that he's cast in it. And then of course they could always just say, yeah, he was cast in it, but he's in a flashback where like what they did with Dennis Leary where he. Shows up in the middle of nowhere because he's a hallucination from uh, something or other. But, like, um, I-, I could see Norman Osborn coming back still.
3: I just
2: that'd be. Can't... Go uh, That would just be, like, sad because Norman Osborn is such a huge villain in the comics for, like, everybody. And you're trying to create this universe and you kill him, like, instantly. Oh, God. Piss me
1: off. I just can't see that. Maybe it's because I think of that guy as, like, such a badass. I see them coming up to him with, like, like here's your costume. Get that the fuck away from me. <laughs> <laughs> My costume's, like, jean, Like, a, a, a pair of Levi jeans and just some bloody knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just don't see that guy strapping up and, like, here's the green and purple, Mr. Guy. Oh, and here's a satchel full of pumpkins. Get your satchel away from me. <laughs> I just burn people with marble reds.
0: We could have an American Beauty reunion. It could be... Uh... He could be the villain. Uh, and then we can oh, have like Kevin Spacey could be uh, Vulture. <laughs> <laughs> What's her name? Mina Savari. She could be like, tell us any of the. Hell is that name? Uh, uh, oh, that one, that one woman. Um,
1: Just a girl Spider Man villain?
0: Madam Webb? Oh, God, that would be even worse. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about that. <laughs> uh, if you're going to do Madam Webb, Helen Mirren. <laughs> you got to go with Helen Mirren.
1: There's I don't know when I think I saw one of my parents like cassette tape covers right when I was in the Amazing Spider-Man cartoon. But ever since I've had an unyielding dream that Sir Elton John would play Dr. Octopus. (laughs) (laughs) he's That square head with like the orange bowl cut. He wears the round glasses. He's got nothing else to do.
2: I'd be in for that.
0: (laughs) You know who I'd like to see play the part? We're getting into like fan casting territory here. Or maybe we'll do that eventually, uh, another Fanboys cast. Um, I can't remember his name, but he was in the second Sherlock Holmes movie.
2: Oh, he's also in Resident Evil. I know who you're talking about. Mark Strong?
0: No, um, he played Moriarty in the second one.
2: That's
1: not Mark Strong? No, you he was the villain of the
0: first one. Blackthorn or something like that. Oh, that's um, right. I want to say his name starts with an R, which means it's probably, there's no R in his name, period. Because <laughs> I'm usually wrong with that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, he's somebody who I thought could have been a Jared
2: good Jared Harris.
0: Hey, there's an R. <laughs> <laughs> there's three. Jared Harris. There you go. Perfect. Otherwise, known name is like Richard, or whatever the hell I <laughs> Ray. Ray. <laughs> yeah, he could be a good uh, Doc Ock, I think. But I don't even really want to see Doc Ock. I mean, I want this next movie to everybody. You know, I'm looking we'll into that a little bit later, but uh, yeah.
3: Um,
0: Green Goblin, though. Any other thoughts that everybody has to throw out there for Green Goblin before we go to a different character?
1: I'll, I'll just say I'll take I'll take Tobey Maguire pulling a fake brick wall over somebody in a Power Ranger suit any day.
3: <laughs> Willem Dafoe.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Him forcing Aunt May to do the Lord's Prayer. Come on, that's classic filmmaking
3: finish it deliver
1: us <laughs> go back and watch that tonight Just Dude, it's so bizarre like in retrospect that is such a weird thing to do <laughs> finish it
0: it really is awkward um uh, here's a thing that i had a problem with we're gonna bounce from big character to small character felicia do don't even bother She's not Felicia Hardy. They should have just named her something else, or they. And I love cameos in movies. I loved when they had Victor Zsasz as a, a villain in the first Batman Begins. Yeah, I love when they throw fucking references out to, to Doc Ock and to Vulture and, uh, you know, if they would have had uh, like the first Spider Man movie with Sam Raimi, who does he kill first when he becomes Green Goblin? Mendel Strom. Perfect. You can kill off Mendelstrom and it's not going to make a difference. You're not going to have him actually start working with fucking Stegosaurus man shit and stuff. So <laughs> you can do that. But Felicia is not a character that you should do that with. I think that they missed her opportunity to not only diversify the cast a little bit more and have Lily Hollister be that part, but Lily makes more sense to me to be the person who's aiding Harry than Felicia, because at least she has a connection with Harry when it comes to, like, romantic relationship and stuff. So that annoyed me. Uh, it was cool going like, oh, Felicia's Hardy. Felicia Hardy's in this. Maybe they're setting up Black Cat, and then it's like, nope. nope. <laughs> She's Gina. not going to do a damn thing in regards to Black Cat whatsoever. I mean, they, they probably would have even been better off making her Betty Brant or something.
1: They still haven't updated IMDb to call her. Um, Felicia Hardy yet yeah, it still just says Felicia
0: oh that'd be even worse if they added a character named Felicia who looks like that and then they turn out that that's not Felicia Hardy
1: <laughs> yeah that's not her at all
0: that would just be really ridiculous uh...
1: that British desk
0: attendant <laughs> so Felicia Hardy Dace what do you think about her
2: meh I didn't even make the connection cause it's just it didn't it was like oh it's his secretary's name is Felicia I, I immediately thought of Arrow and Felicity
1: We were distracted by that gap in her teeth.
2: It it just caught me off guard. Like, who's that chick? That's cool. That's fine. Where's J.K. Simmons? I need a... Jonah Jameson.
0: We'll do him next. Uh, (laughs) Tom Felicia.
1: Yeah, same same thing. I think, again, to get... Because, to me, someone who really loves the first two Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies... To justify this trilogy, take me to new places. What haven't we seen yet? Alright, Sinister Six. Sure, why not? Let's go crazy. Rhino, okay, there's a part of me who was really happy to see Rhino. Like, give us some black cat then. Give me give put something in your put some stuff in your wheelhouse. But yeah, I, I thought that was just a wasted opportunity.
0: Or even do something like she steals something from Oscorp, And that's why you don't see her anymore for the rest of the film. But there
1: weren't even, there weren't even enough clips to, to find a way to like to find a sneaky way to go in the next movie to be like, oh well, here's what she was doing there the whole time. Like she didn't have like some tablet where she could have been stealing information or something, black or uh, Catwoman style or anything like that. She was just she was just an accessory. Which I mean, people are gonna be mad enough that they did the whole kill a female character just to progress the male character story already. So that's a whole that's just another female character that we're just eh, whatever you're just there.
0: That's Bye. fine. Actually, before we do J.K. Simmons, I'll throw another one out there. Dr. Ashley Kafka. Not a woman in this. Was that the uh... That was a overly German Dr. Kafka who spoke like fucking Dr. Kaufman from Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> that was kind of stupid. To me, that was their way of uh, avoiding killing a woman in here to go with um, the Gwen Stacy one. that They didn't want to kill two women in it. And it's like, you know what? If you were gonna make that character villainous and have to kill the character off, why couldn't you make it a woman too? Women can be villains too.
1: I just couldn't get. To me, it just seemed like watered down Zola. Yeah. Poofy kind of orange hair, almost giddy with excitement at torturing someone for scientific discovery. Uh, to, to me, that's where. It, to me, that's where it feels like people stop getting these movies anymore. Like that felt like a character. That felt like it should have been a character from '60s Batman.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can like, see
1: that. It's just that kind of that silly, melodramatic, yes, yeah, so let's see what mysteries I can unlock from your body. It's like just, that, but that was German and Bane at the same time. I don't know. I'm really, <laughs> ups, I'm really upset about this. But I, that, that was just, to me, that was on par with, if not worse than, no, I take that back. I'll never say anything is worse than a little boy running out in front of uh, in front of Rhino. But it's just, it's another one of those eye roll scenes. It's just, it's just like um, when they cut to those two, nerdy guys because they're nerdy smart guys because they have glasses and they know things about stuff on a newscast. <laughs> like, having characters like those two guys and, like, ridiculous... This is why people don't take these movies seriously. Like, can we, can we just be done with this now?
0: Well, that moves on to the, the J. Jonah Jameson thing. That was... I mean, they they couldn't find the time to introduce the character in here. And... It seems like they just aren't going to. I don't think we're going to be having that pop up in the next one. And maybe that's better that way. I don't know. I
1: mean, he needs a fresh start after this. So I could see him, I mean, they kind of they've planted photography enough times. His dad, they made a point of showing that camera, his dad took the family picture with. He's got these pictures all over his room along with his records cuz now he's punk rock Peter Parker who wears jean cutoffs and a punk band shirt to his graduation. <laughs> <laughs> but They need something for him to go to because, I mean, he's kind of like Bruce Wayne. There's like three different kinds of Peter Parkers. There's Photography Peter Parker, Teacher Peter Parker, and Science Peter Parker. And he's obviously not Science Peter Parker since he had to get his girlfriend killed to activate the emergency shutoff switch. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm guessing he's going to be Photography Peter Parker. So I'd like to see them build to something. I just don't know why. In a movie that was so busy, why do you waste screen time? Introducing something here.
0: What with the photography stuff?
1: Yeah, I I don't know if they did, yeah, I don't know if they needed that for to have a way for um Harry to know they're in cahoot well, him and Spider Man are in some kind of yes, alright, I'll just say it, in cahoots.
3: <laughs>
1: like I don't know if they if they needed that for a vehicle. To me that just like that was a good five minutes that we could have like he could have had one more bromance date with Harry to make it kinda sad when his friend betrays him.
0: I think that it kind of solved a couple of different things It not only was fan service to get the people to be like, Hey, J, J- Jonah Jameson sent that email with the wrong, that thing. <laughs> everybody laughed in the theater when we saw that, uh, it, fan service in that regard, another way of building the universe to be like, Oh, there's stuff that happens outside of this. He's got a job and it's not the most important thing for the story, but it, Hey, he is still Spider-Man doing the same Spider-Man shtick. Um,
1: Spider-Man can,
0: right. Uh, But at the same time, it it did serve a purpose with you take pictures of him and all that. Which, when that happened, I had two things that popped into my mind. The first thing was yeah, that's a good way for uh, Harry to understand that and everything. And then I was like, but wait a minute. Out of all the times that he must have that happen in the comics and everything because obviously the comics don't take place over the course of 50 years like they actually do in uh, real life, but to think like that in the comics Peter Parker as far as i know has never gotten to the realization of like fuck this really ties me to spider-man <laughs> <laughs> like oh i can't be with you and date you because if they know that you're that i'm peter parker they'll go after you all right well the only way they'll, they'll know that Spider-Man has any kind of connection with Peter Parker is if you don't stop taking fucking pictures of Spider-Man.
1: Like, you know what you just did? You just found a way to prove that P- that Peter Parker cares more about money than his girlfriend's safety. We're <laughs> <laughs> gonna find out I'm Spider-Man because I'm taking these pictures, and I'm not gonna stop taking these pictures. Well,
0: it's different if he's doing something else with the Daily Plan, a Daily Planet, uh, Daily Bugle. <laughs> there you we go. We're getting the Superman territory again. Um, you know, if, I think it was in the the Ultimate series. He was just doing some of the um, the website stuff, which is like yeah. ah, web design. I get it. You know, but um, <laughs>
1: did that line get cut from the movie. I think so. Yeah, it did. It's like the uh, Scarlett Johansson Iron Man scene.
0: <laughs> it got cut the same time as Venom did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just on cutting room floor getting stomped on.
0: But <laughs> the. Uh, I think he did the website design stuff on that, which is like, okay, you're not as much of a connection to Spider-Man there, so that makes sense, but you, you'd think after a while, people were just like, hey, not many people know who Spider-Man is, but clearly Peter fucking Parker does. He's just a poor kid from the Bronx
1: with a really long lens.
0: <laughs> a super fucking long lens who just happens to be there all the time, like once a week. I think Peter's lens man. <laughs> <laughs> They'll <Don't> do it. <laughs> he was already dusk at some point. <laughs> oh,
2: he was all kind of he was ricochet. He was everybody.
0: <laughs> so that bothered you that there was no J. Jonah Jameson in those days?
2: Absolutely. Uh, although, if they would have introduced somebody else besides uh, Simmons playing him, I I would have been really disappointed. So <laughs> I'm glad they handled it with an email without ruining jo- uh, Jameson for me.
3: It's I think, they
2: for, <laughs> I think uh, he wants to recast him to recast the Joker.
1: He was just so perfect. Yeah.
0: I think you could actually have a better chance at recasting the Joker.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's what I was saying. I totally agree.
0: Because there's a lot of different interpretations of Joker that he didn't really necessarily hit on. Right. But J. Jonah Jameson is what J.K. Simmons did, and that's fucking it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you can maybe get some people to look like him because that's not really what he looks like necessarily either. But I don't know who could, like, have that voice for it and that um, snappy. Uh, delivery and everything. I really, whenever I've tried to do like a fan cast kind of thing, I can't think of shit when it comes to that. (laughs) I could think of 10 different Peter Parkers. I could think of 20 different people that could play like Norman Osborn. You could get Jason Isaacs to play that part. Uh, And he could do just as good, if not better, than a Chris Cooper. But J. Jonah Jameson? Nothing. Squat.
1: He owns that part. It's like Michael Jordan. Just retire the part. There's no more J. Jonah Jamesons now because he ruined it. No more twenty-three.
0: It can only be played by emails.
1: <laughs> if he's he was so good, if I was a billionaire, I would hire him to be in character and like teach a high school class <laughs> in character for six hours, just berate people.
0: It's crap. <laughs> it's back to I was things.
1: trying to think if there's anything else to be with the photography and stuff like that. Mm, not really. They they really they really kept that tight though. They kept that small.
0: I don't think they wanted to add too much in the witches just because then people would start asking more questions.
1: It was already two and a half hours, which is considerable for one of these movies. I don't I think Thor was like 90 minutes.
0: Something like that. It was ridiculous. It needs to be two hours and fifteen minutes or up, I think, for every one of these.
1: Yeah, I I, I think if you want to really make because when you look at these things like a significant chapter in this big person's life. I think you need to have a lot happen. but And, and fuck, when I'm paying $11 a movie. Right. I want I want the sun to be in a significantly different position when I come out than when I went in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'll give credit to Lord of the Rings. I'm not the biggest fan of those movies, but at the same time, when you go to see a Lord of the Rings movie, you know you your money's worth. Because it's like four fucking hours long. And then <laughs> when you buy the DVD, it's gonna miss- there's going to be 12 more hours added to it.
2: And it yet you're fun. still pissed wanting more after it ends. <laughs>
0: Except not more endings, because Jesus
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> But uh, all right, J. Jonah Jameson, we knocked him out. Uh, Let's go to another big one, Electro. Electro is a, an odd character. You can't make a film out of him just the same as you can't do it with Rhino, which we pretty much talked about Rhino. I don't think there's anything else we need to do with him either. Um, but with those kind of characters, they needed to be supplemental. You couldn't have them be driving force behind a movie and i haven't read the script for uh, what was his name um james cameron for his spider-man movie which was supposed to be oh it's a treat i think electro and doc ock doc ock was the other one
1: yeah if you haven't read that thing it's very easy to find on google it's amazing
0: amazingly awful
1: Oh my God! If you want to talk about people not understanding what superheroes are about, this this could have been worse than Green Lantern. Really? Oh yeah. Could
0: it have been worse than like Catwoman or Elektra?
1: It might. No, it might have had worse costumes than Catwoman. It was pretty rough. It was just. I mean, I think it's more offensive because no one's really too upset if you mess up Elektra. But to just totally botch Spider-Man like that was like embarrassing.
0: What was so off about it?
1: He was like an asshole. He used to, like he used his powers to like, like crawl windows and watch girls undress.
0: <laughs> well, now in this movie, he just stalks at least yeah, his
3: girlfriend. Yeah, it was like,
1: like so. Spider Man meets Animal House. <laughs> I, to be fair, I'd watch that movie. <laughs> it was just like a total like this isn't Spider Man. Like, but that's the thing. It's okay. That's how Spider Man would be if he was a regular person. But that's not how Peter Parker would be. Right. And that's 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 why he's one of the that's why he's one of the leading people because. Outside of the suit, he's still an interesting character. I love the X-Man Warpath. He has cool daggers, and he kicks people's ass. Do I care about James Proudstar? Not really. <laughs> Not too interested. <laughs> well, But, but yeah, it's, it's easy to find online, so if anybody out there hasn't read James Cameron's Spider-Man script, sit cozy up by the fireplace with a warm bottle of brandy and enjoy.
0: the <laughs> well, Electro, like you said, Electro is a character you can have a lot of leeway with, and it doesn't matter if you don't follow everything to a T you can still get away with it. I mean, we didn't have a with uh, the starfish looking face and the green outfit and well, he wasn't even white in this one. It was like a, a total ultimates. Let's just do what we want to do for this movie kind of a thing. And I think that that's probably my favorite interpretation of Electro that we've seen so far. Um, Cause he's not that intricate of a character. He's just dude with electrical powers.
1: And no, that's it. Like I think it had a very clear objective that was understandable, that was sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, I'm gonna try not to compare to the new gold standard of Winter Soldier, but like in Winter Soldier, everybody in that movie complimented the main theme or like found a way to be a part of the main character storyline. And at least they found a way to kind of tie Electro into things, that he wasn't just like this guy with powers doing stuff. That Spider-Man came in and out of his life, and we saw what Spider-Man meant to him, and we saw his delusion and all that. I thought he had a nice, condensed character arc.
0: I like that, and it's something that they can't do again with anybody else, even though it could have applied to some other people. I mean, you could have done, uh, say, I don't even know. Um,
1: I mean, it it was a pretty plug-and-chug character thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Someone who idolizes the hero, the hero doesn't do what they want them to do, and they become the villain.
0: Yeah, it could have applied to different villains that they've had other than the ones that have more driving force behind them. You can't do that with Venom, you can't do that with Carnage, but you pull out a different character, and that could apply. So it works with Electro. And uh, I think um, the the idea that they had of him being like a fanboy maybe one more scene or one more difficult thing during the times square part would have helped it a little bit better. He did transition to being a villain a little fast, but at the same time, they did build it up a little bit with him having spent an entire life where everybody's fucking ignoring him. Um, there is a line that they cut or a scene or something like that, that I, I vaguely remember hearing about, but, I don't know. Maybe this is something that I actually just had in a dream or something like that or daydream sure. or whatever. But I thought that there was something that they had did where they mentioned that even his mom forgot his birthday. <laughs> and I didn't hear
1: about that, but that, 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 that would be a good kicker.
0: So yeah. Cause he had the whole thing with his birthday going on. I think maybe Jamie Foxx said it during like an interview a year ago or something like that, where he said like, Oh, uh, you know, even his mom doesn't remember his birthday. Um, Maybe it was just hyperbole. I don't know.
1: Yeah, when those, when those kind of actors read of a character.
0: Right. But yeah. if you're dealing with a life like that, of course, when people start shooting at you and stuff, you're going to be like, you know what? Fuck all this. <laughs> I'm a god now. The hell with your asses. <laughs> uh, Dace, what did you think about Electro? Cool?
2: I thought it was really cool. Uh, I mean, they did the character well. Jimmy Fox did great. There was brief moments, though, before he became the badass that it reminded me of that movie he did with Robert Downey Jr., the soloist. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, he's just tapping into the well on that one. But it, it was, I thought he did great. I thought it was a great character build, but not stealing all this the uh, scene time from Gwen and Peter. The Electroist. Yeah. <laughs> with Iron Man.
0: <laughs> that would have been good a good crossover.
1: My favorite was my mom leaned over and goes, wait, has Electro always had electric powers?
3: <laughs> what else would
1: he have?
0: Like in the comics or in
1: that universe. Well, she just because she grew up, you know, gave me the toys and stuff like that. So I think that was her way of like trying to figure out like which guy this was. There was like Metal Arms and there was like Missile Fist.
0: <laughs> there was green flying guy.
1: Yeah, I was like you wouldn't recognize him. Green guy with tail.
0: Yeah, green tail, yeah. yeah
1: big fat white man. <laughs> <laughs> Like, why does
0: my son want this character?
1: <laughs> the thing... You know what really struck me about Electro, though? The the him falling into the pit of eels just... Yeah, it treaded a little too close to Schumacher territory for me.
0: With the eel it, looking at the camera?
1: No, I just... It kind of reminded me of, like, Poison Ivy falling into the pit of, like, miscellaneous growth.
3: <laughs>
1: I don't know. I guess, like, falling into the... vat. I think, like, the scientific accident thing is... Again, like, it's just, you're getting to the point where, um, I think another conversation I have is Spider-Man fatigue. It's been 12 years of this stuff, like mutated animal happenstance, like put a lid on it already, like make these things out of plastic. It's like those resident evil movies when there's always that slow-mo scene where they drop the vial of like unbelievably dangerous cancer stuff. If you put it in Tupperware, there's no movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this what they should do one time. It's like, whoops, we dropped it. Good thing that it's not in the glass case. All right, what do you want to do for the next two hours? I don't know, get some bagels?
1: It's the best ad for Glad Tupperware you'll ever see. <laughs> wow, good thing it's Glad Stronger. Everyone would have started eating each other.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what else did you think about Electro? Uh, do you think that that was a good, serviceable B villain? Since technically Rhino's the C villain in this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I thought he was a good B villain. I think he was powerful enough that you need to have that, that real danger to Peter Parker, which I think we really got to feel. Um, I mean, this is where I kind of missed that sciencey Peter Parker because I liked when he has to try to figure out a way to get it. Because I think there was that great part where he's suspended in the air, being electrocuted in the chest constantly and not dying somehow, where it's like, wow, he's, even though he has super strength and spider sense and webs, like he's, he's not a god. You know, he's not Superman. He's not Green Lantern. I mean, he's not even Batman. Like, you could see that he could... Uh, Electro was a good villain to really put him in danger. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I was just a little disappointed with that. The, the transition from Electro to Green Goblin was just a little weird to me. Well, um, in
0: the action scene that it's...
1: Yeah, it, it, all his stuff just kind of, like, ended. Like, all his scenes just kind of, like, fizzled out. I never liked the 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 plot angle that it's, like... And then he gets really hit hard,
2: bang! Now he's now he's finished. Now you got him. It kind of felt like a transition from like a mini boss into the real bosses coming when they went yeah, from it's like for you, to... you beat
1: the last boss. It's like oh, a challenger approaches.
2: What? I thought I just beat the boss.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, I beat Magneto. It turns out she's actually just Mystique. <laughs>
2: oh, Shit pisses me off exactly. every time. Um.
0: Welcome to Die.
1: (laughs) I was really distracted by his first manifestation scene because I liked... Oh, that's what I wanted to say with the Jameson thing. I like that scene of Spider-Man getting to talk down Electro, which was weird because this is the first Spider-Man movie we've seen where the general public slash the police like slash respect Spider-Man, which made for a much different kind of tone. But I could not get past the music. I thought his theme was really weird. And anyone in Hollywood who might be listening to this, I know... The theme for a character named Electro being electronic music probably sounds really clever, but come on.
0: <laughs> like you- What are the lyrics of that song?
1: Ah, a man betrayed me. Don't be... It's like really weird.
0: That it's one- like it's paranoia something, something. It's just like, I what? don't know these lyrics to this song, and now you am singing <laughs> it over and over again. And I'm like, I, I really don't get it at all, but... Well, and then before that, though, his original character theme is like that, like
1: clarinet music.
3: Like It's
1: like weird elevator music. Like, so that's like like, there's that scene where we're panning around Times Square and everyone's frozen, quiet, and we don't know what Electro's going to do. He doesn't know what he's going to do. He doesn't know what he can do. He's lost. He's confused. There's guns drawn. Like, I'm like, there's just no tone here. Like I, I was – you know what I tried to do at one point? I tried to like plug my ears and be like, what did this look like before they added the oboes? <laughs> 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 and see how I felt because for me that just took me out of it. And then – and the, the end fight scene. But again, I think this is where you get into – it's where I miss that gritty. Like when you watch Spider-Man fight Green Goblin and this is what, 13 years later. They're punching each other through buildings. They're hitting each other with glass. Their costumes are torn. Like you know they're really having a scrap whereas when it's these clean CGI images swinging through more CGI images dodging CGI things I just couldn't get into it as much but that might be a generational thing
0: music is another thing that we should talk about here um,
1: oh my god just you guys go ahead first
0: <laughs> i loved two things of the music in the movie um, and a lot of the other ones, now that I'm listening back to the soundtrack, I'm just kind of skipping by and going, Man, well, I'm not going to keep that. Um, but I loved the music at the funeral scene.
1: Are you talking score or soundtrack here? Both. Okay.
0: All combined in one. Um, I like the music that they had playing during the funeral scene and the grieving of passage of time, that the let, let her go thing that I had mentioned before. And the main theme that Hans Zimmer made, Um, That triumphant trumpet kind of song. I think that that's actually one of the best comic book themes that we've had in a long, long time. Something that bothers me about a lot of these movies is they've gotten into this rut now where they feel like they don't need to have a theme that you can actually kind of like hum. And I like when you can. So for instance, one of the movies that uh, has a really great theme that you can hum along is the first Batman movie. You know everybody fucking remembers that. Superman, amazing. And I mean it got to the point where when they did that uh, the Brian Singer movie, it was just like, oh well we need to keep the Superman theme because hell it practically says Superman in it. You know, it's Superman da 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 and these different themes are really something that can make or break a lot of different stuff here. Uh, The first Captain America movie had a theme that I could remember when I left the movie theater. And even though I do like the soundtrack for Captain America, The Winter Soldier, that's one thing that I think was a little bit annoying is there wasn't some kind of a a theme to sing along. Um, The first Spider-Man movie that we have for this new series didn't have that. Um, it had a theme that was supposed to do that with James Horner but it wasn't good enough I think Um, James Horner is a really really good composer and he knows what he's doing for a lot of different stuff his work on the Lord of the Rings series is ridiculously good but I don't think he was the right choice for Spider-Man and Hans Zimmer has been killing it with a lot of this stuff and even though you know this new Batman series that came out didn't have a theme that you could really hum along with, because you can't just go hum with do 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 over and over again. This was such a great differentiation where he finally could do something emotional and uplifting. And every time that they played this theme in this, whether it was the actual theme or some kind of a, a different version of it, I had that stuck in my head. And I'm literally leaving the movie theater and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, bum ba, bum 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 bum
3: yeah. I'm
0: going to listen to that so much. And that's going to be one of my favorite comic book themes for a long, long time in the future. Other than those two themes, the, the, a lot of the music either bothered me because it was just so, so over the top and heavy-handed or it was something that I didn't really pay that much attention to. Dace?
2: I really liked that song by Nickelback. It was good. <laughs>
0: What was that song?
2: Hero. Oh, from the two thousand movie.
3: <laughs> and they say that the hero will
1: save us. Not on gonna...
2: That song's awesome. Makes you want to like jump out windows and turn around and pretend like you have spider webs, but then die. <laughs> <You don't.
1: laughs> he bleed out the nose because Spider-Man didn't catch you in time.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what have you learned, children?
2: What have you learned? Uh, when it comes to the music, the only thing that like freaked me out was the electrodes like, holy shit, what's going on? Because you're, I mean, when you're watching it in XD, the sound's coming from all angles, man. <laughs> and it was just like, par- I felt paranoid. I was getting ready to shock people in the st- studio or wherever the fuck we were.
0: It's coming from the left. It's coming from the right. What the fuck are they actually saying?
1: <laughs> I couldn't get past that. Okay, I, I spent like the last three minutes searching because I hate pop music. Philip Phillips, Gone, Gone, Gone.
0: Which one was that?
1: That was the, the song that came on when he was upset and then decided to have an impromptu. Apparently, Peter Parker has given up on Bing. And he had an impromptu Google search to try to find stuff out about his parents. And they had that montage of him making that map. I'm not going to play the song because I know it's like copyrighted, but it's that song. For you, for oh, you. Oh, yeah. God, yeah, that was stupid. That was terrible. Yeah. And I know it because the lyrics say, even long after you're gone, like, I will carry on. Some fucking executive heard
0: that song. Wow, this fits perfectly. This
1: is amazing. Oh, that's the title of
0: the movie. Wow. Oh, well, real quick reference. I did did not like that line in the movie of, they should call you the amazing Spider Man. Turn to camera, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) That only works if you have, like, a news reporter go, look at that. That's the amazing Spider Man. Like,.
1: Well, at least the radio didn't cut out when he said it like Superman. Your name Super. No, we're still embarrassed of our characters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do not say his name on camera. Does that stand for Super? No, it stands for Man of Steel. Man of Steel. That's <laughs> what she was going to say, everybody. Man of Steel.
1: No more underwear on the outside. Come Bear on. pack.
0: I'm going to go kill like 80 people.
1: 80? <laughs> <laughs> 80. There's 80 in like the first floor of those buildings. They had like 80 floors. <laughs> so many people are dead now. <laughs> Well, at least, did you guys see Joe Quesada said that uh, General Zod was the real hero of Man of Steel?
0: Yeah, that was great <laughs> oh my God. I get, on Fat Man Batman.
1: I get the competitor thing, but holy crap.
0: That is a great um, podcast, too. If you like our podcast, anybody listening out there, go listen to Fat Man on Batman from Kevin Smith. That is fucking awesome. That is actually you know? one of the only podcasts that I will listen to every week. So He gets good stuff on there, too. Yeah. So if you're a Batman fan, go listen to that. If you're Marvel-only, then you probably won't like it. But okay. at least listen to the Joker side one, because then that's mostly talking about Captain America, the Winter Soldier. But yeah, that montage scene, that music is terrible. That was uh, that should have been a temp track that they added in there as a joke, and then they went, okay, seriously, <laughs> what, what, what are we actually going to put here?
1: Well, I just can't even get over I, I kind of mentioned some of the cliches earlier. That research scene, well, now that I've pinned up all the stuff about, I know about my dad on the wall, okay, you're right where you fucking started. Like all you've done is dump the puzzle out, <laughs> and like it's easier to put the picture on the wall if you just take it out of the frame first instead of using red electrical tape to like
3: fasten
1: <laughs> it the wall. I don't, those those whole sequences to me are just what is Roosevelt? I don't know. And was it just weird did you totally know there was something inside the calculator when he like picked up the calculator? The calculator made the point of like make that friendly face. Hmm, nothing here, and toss it aside. I was like, well, now I know where the secrets are. <laughs> That whole montage to me is just like, well, I haven't Googled my dad in a couple weeks.
3: For you.
1: (laughs) That and like that whole like computer, like everyone has a computer now. Our our phones are computers. I don't need a montage of people's fingers typing things. That's no longer interesting. That was kind of cool in like 2004. But we're
0: done now. I don't don't even know if 2004, I think like 1998. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Not everybody had a computer and it was like, we're going to look this up on the World Wide Web. No, you can't. Let's Hang click on. on here. Let's do the overly loud exaggerated keyboarding sound so you know that we're typing something. <laughs> hey,
1: 24 made a franchise on those sounds.
0: <laughs> but the it, uh the music stuff with that, yeah, that that was that was over the top and bad. Um I there was also um Well, was that actually the same scene where he had the music in his earphones? Is that what I'm thinking of? where he lays down in the bed and he's got the music playing. I think it was. I know that's something bothered me. It might actually still be the same scene.
2: Yeah, just... he gets up and shuts the door to the closet like twice and then he rips the door open and says, hey, I'm going to make a collage. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Does that ever help anybody out? Has anybody no. ever tried that? Like, just putting shit on a wall and that makes you solve a mystery better? No. It doesn't it. work with me if I'm like, man, how do I figure out this, like, HTML code or how do I figure out what to write on this story or something like that? Let me just cut out a bunch of snippets of stuff and put it on the wall then it'll make sense to me like i know it's representational for the movie and you know when we talk about movie tropes and stuff it's like the general audience has no idea what a trope is let alone what tropes they specifically are right but they themselves are tropes right so there's you know you you play to the general audience instead of the people that know that kind of stuff but at the same time I mean, come on with the whole – let's have this all hanging up and have strings that lead to different things and all that. It's like really realistically people don't do that. People just open up like a Word document or something like that. But
1: that's the next next step with these movies though. I mean I think that's how they're going to last. I think that's – them getting rid of these tropes even if the main audience doesn't see it. That's how this goes from a phase to a new genre. You know, Dark Knight got an Oscar. Winter Soldier I think – I objectively think was an e- excellent film, not as a fan. Like, that's a movie that people are going to want to see because it's interesting. It says things about our time period. Like I think when you keep adding these tropes of little kids in front of guns and these weird research things, like I, I think that's when the movie starts getting bogged down because then, then we're not swinging for the fences anymore. You're just swinging for cash.
0: Any other topics about music? We still have a couple characters to break down that are quick cameos. yeah. Show.
1: Yeah, go go ahead
0: off music. Alright, we talked about Donald Menken a little bit, whoever the fuck that is. Ashley <laughs> Kafka, whoever that isn't. Uh <laughs> two quick people that work for Oscorp. Alistair Smythe, who was played by BJ Novak, who I don't really recognize from anything, but I know I recognize that name. Uh, saw the office. I hate the office. <laughs> so
1: That explains that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I saw two episodes of the British one and two or three episodes of the English one, uh, the American one, and all of them I was just like, nope, don't like it. I mean, I can see the appeal, but uh, that's another discussion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Gustav Fears, who everybody at the end of the first movie was like, oh my god, who is this mysterious man? Is that like Norman Osborn? Is that Mysterio? Is that fucking Electro because of the, the lightning? No, it's The Gentleman.
2: The Gentleman! <laughs>
0: He does have a hat on.
2: I hope he returns in the third one because I'm just going to scream it every time he's there.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, the now, gentleman! I, now I really want to see that hat that he's wearing come onto his head in the same kind of high uh, right brother move. Um, so, uh, Alistair Smythe, cool. I uh, remember him a lot from the animated series. Hope he turns into a weird freak with a bunch of extra appendages and uh, shoulder lasers right shoulder laser what a stupid ass idea but of course it was in the 90s and you know everybody had fucking laser beams and you couldn't punch anybody and cops had laser pistols instead of guns because you can't have bullets
1: it's but... really if you if you have both your, if one of your hands isn't a gun then you gotta have them somewhere <laughs> Still on the shoulder handguns the people who bought your shoulder lasers
0: but the um, the inclusion of that, I thought that was cool. Kind of in the same regards as Victor Zaz from Batman Again. So I just like when they do that. And that wasn't an issue with like the Felicia Hardy thing where it was like, oh, you didn't do anything with Alistair Smythe. Fuck that. <laughs> like you, you know, they could have added Miles Warren in there and he could have been one of the people working on the um, the lizard project, and I would have thought that that was cool. Uh, but the gentleman is not a character that I'm familiar with. I really don't know anything about him except for stuff that I just read on like Wikipedia after the fact that he, he has something to do with building the Sinister Sticks, which I mean, we'll talk about that in a minute, but uh, those two characters, what do you guys think about them? Dace?
2: Yeah, they were nice little Easter eggs. Yeah, at it's... least in my opinion. Just nothing more. Tom? um,
1: I was really excited to see Smythe as a fan of the 90s show. I think the Spider Slayers could make a good uh, kind of one of those little one-off here they are, but then they disappear. Things
0: like an opening scene of yeah, Spider-Man. just something,
1: something where like I could see that being, especially with the comedy thing. Like a bunch of guys, like yeah, like we're half a half a trillion dollars into these things, but they're gonna take Spider-Man out. And we're gonna, And mean, just kicks their ass. Oh, <laughs> you know, giant like, robots uh,
0: just don't work. Oh fuck, this is as clunky as the Rhino suit. That makes no sense at all.
1: How ridiculous did that look next to all the other
0: things? Right, you've got the streamlined suit for the Goblin thing, and you're working on tentacles, which is like. The tentacle thing? Okay, they're basically just arms. Makes sense. Vulture wings. You know, you're look, see, trying to look. They're folded
1: plates. up. They're dynamic.
0: Right, and then you're like this fucking monstrosity.
1: <laughs> Half a rhino held up by
0: chains. With these little itty bitty arms and stuff. Like T. <laughs> Rex arms. Really fucking weird. Um,
1: but Smite, yeah, I would, I wouldn't mind seeing Smite somewhere else, but again. Like I think with like something Arrow shown us with like the doll maker and stuff like that like oh yeah like if you do little things with these guys again it just puts us in that world as for what's his name Mr. Fever Gustav Fears Gustav Fears Well I mean as someone who's, who's a huge comic fan and stuff like that I'll, I'll be honest and say I have no idea who he is nor am I particularly interested just cuz he's this guy that walks around with a, with a menacing briefcase filled with terrors I can only begin to imagine not to... gentleman.
0: <laughs> He's literally carrying around the briefcase from Pulp Fiction, and the,
1: gen- the gentleman holds the door open too long, so all your air conditioning gets
3: out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he carries around the Pulp Fiction briefcase, which ties into Captain America: The Winter Soldier, <laughs> and that's how they bridge the Avengers and Spider-Man universe.
1: Well, that or the gentleman's a clear uh, sign of a crossover with Fifty Shades of Grey next summer. <laughs> Yeah, but otherwise, he, he didn't do too much to get me excited. But maybe that's because, again, that ridiculous giant, like, uh, Hungry Hungry Hippos rhino thing <laughs> in that pen, which it clearly didn't fit in. <laughs>
0: like, that
1: like, that looked like a bad, like, MS paint job. Like, someone just, dro- like, dropped that picture there.
0: Well, that brings up the Sinister Six. Now, I thought before when they had announced years and years and years ago that they wanted to do a Venom movie and it was going to be rated R and he was going to fight Carnage that that could be cool but it makes more sense for Venom to be in a Spider-Man movie then we (laughs) got Venom in a Spider-Man movie and it was terrible and that's because Sam Raimi doesn't like Venom so he was just like fuck this thing I'm going to make this all about Sandman Uh,
2: (laughs) my (laughs) Spidey sense is tingling if you know what I mean
0: yeah they're Isn't
2: like you have to say that you know who'd be good in the spider-man movie
1: fucking venom
0: right one of like the most important best coolest fucking characters out of any spider-man story ever and then sam Raimi's like i want sandman damn <laughs> but penny can i get sandman and vulture I'm only interested in 1965 (laughs)
1: Spider-Man. You will use shitty Goblin and Sandman and you will be happy. (laughs) I'm going to make it suck now.
0: It's like, you know what?
1: That dance you do when you're drunk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fine. If you really want to make me have to do Green Goblin, he's going to be nothing like Green Goblin. He's going to be a skateboarder and he's going to wear stupid goggles. He's He's going to forget about it for a while. (laughs) We're going to have Venom, but he's only going to look like Tover Grace the entire time. who really would have been a better Spider-Man than anybody else. (laughs) Uh, But after that, a lot of people are like, oh, well, Venom can't be done in movies. Bullshit. Venom can't be done by Sam Raimi. Venom (laughs) can be done by a hell of a lot of other people out there. And uh, I thought originally that they might add Venom into this kind of mix um, for these movies, but now that they have announced that they're going to do another Venom movie, or, well, a Venom movie, maybe that's the best route to go. Just make him the main character. You can cast somebody who is... Hopefully, young enough, but not too young enough um, to pull the part off, have him fight Carnage and the Life Foundation or something like that. That can make a decent movie. Sinister Six? What the fuck are they thinking with this? Uh, That is kind of the equivalent of what DC has said that they want to do, where they want to do a Suicide Squad movie. And maybe you can pull that off on comic book stuff but you can't do that as a movie and make it turn out well i think you add a sinister six movie to the mix and it's not revolving around spider-man bomb i
1: think that's a great way to put the brakes on the amazing uh franchise because especially how like that's just gonna be so expensive mm-hmm. six characters to do all because let's i mean pretty much all like, they didn't and they left out like craven 100 anybody who could be cheap I mean, there's no way all those guys don't require heavy CG and they're not even like the Suicide Squad or got are like C-list villains who've been captured and are essentially just greedy assholes. So like, listen, we're not going to give you the death sentence. Just repay your debt to, to society by going on suicidal missions that are so dangerous. Like there's character work there. Like the Sinister Sticks are just like, a- like assholes.
3: Right. Like, right.
1: How much depth is there to Paul Giamatti's rhino character? Not I love Paul Giamatti. He should be knighted, but, you know... There's not... I don't know. I just don't see any depth
0: there to hold up a movie. And I can't see these three people or the gentleman...
2: The gentleman!
0: (laughs) I specifically (laughs) waited an extra second. (laughs) Or Alistair Smythe, considering how much of an ass he is in this, too. I can't see any of them having any kind of heroic deeds whatsoever. I mean, if you're going to do somebody... In the Sinister Six, that can have something kind of heroism to them. Maybe you can go with Doc Ock. Maybe you can go with Craven. And okay, Harry Osborne might be able to turn good, but fuck, like, how do you turn Rhino into a fucking hero? Or how do you introduce Vulture and make him a hero? Who do they fight in the movie for that? Yeah, fu- who fucking else going to get? Like, you, I can't see them building a movie around this. I really have no idea what they're planning, and I can't imagine any scenario where this turns out okay. I thought I just
1: read there's supposed to be details at Comic-Con this summer. Because did you guys know about that whole, if you Shazammed, the song from the closing soundtrack, you got to see those six pictures of the Sinister Six?
0: Who were the six that they showed?
1: Um... Well, again, there were these really tight shots of ambiguous things. So you saw like these like metallic feathers, so it's vulture. You saw tentacle claw thing. You saw rhino horn. You saw like kind of these gun barrel slots that looked like they should be on the glider. Um, I remember the only—I forget what the fifth one was. I remember the only real mystery one was there was this tight shot of something that could have been chameleon or Mysterio. Hmm. And there was a noticeable lack of a bowler, a derby, or a briefcase,
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> indicating the most much beguiled gentleman.
2: The gentleman.
0: <laughs> um, it better not be chameleon.
1: Yeah, I didn't stay through the credits because my mom was so confused um, about the idea of end credit stuff. Or just about no the about about what she just watched for two and a half hours, <laughs> and that people can die now on TV.
0: like they killed off the girl, the sweet little girl. What happened?
1: Yeah. But, um, so I I don't know about any other post sequence stuff, but yeah, I'm really at a loss for where, where that's supposed to be going or what I can see sinister sticks being a big crescendo for a trilogy. And I even, I was kind of hoping they were going to go the whole, uh, Harry Osborn venom thing Uh, again, because Dane is Dane DeHaan, such a great actor. Um, and also, well, I don't know. Then we had to get in this whole conversation about how really strained, like what exactly heals him? Because I feel like he didn't have to go through all of that. If he could have just jumped inside that suit. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm kind of just out a lot. As someone who's a huge Spider-Man fan, I have no idea. No clue.
0: What do you think they're going to do? This is just like, they're, we're going to have like, what well, we were joking around at the movie theater, of uh, a movie of sinister six where they, in the first 20 minutes, they're all sitting around a bar and they go. So, I can kill more people than you. No, bullshit. Okay, well, for the next two and a half hours, we're going to have a contest. Whoever kills most people wins. And then fucking and Superman, Superman just...
1: shows up and it's over. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I honestly don't know what they're going to do with this. I don't even know if it's going to garner enough interest from those of us outside of the comic community. Yeah. Like everybody, everybody who's not a comic fan knows Spider-Man. So they're going to go see Spider-Man, regardless of who he's fighting. If these are six guys that he fights and... Like one-off comics and stuff like that. I don't think it's going to get the same popularity. Kind of the thing that made me a little bit nervous with Guardians of the Galaxy, because nobody I, knows who they are.
1: I think it has that Phantom Menace thing going on too. Going like with the Star Wars trilogies, who's going to be your main character?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like you have to have that focal point. I mean, even even this movie, even I mean, Winter Soldier had great character arts for Anthony Mackie for Scarlett Johansson, even for um, for Fury. Like they had some great character work. But it was still Chris Evans' story. Whereas mm-hmm. you get this, these six people on character on screen, I just see it. Unless it's like a, like a goofy like action movie where you embrace that this is just popcorn. But there's no way you make a movie like that. You make back the money on a budget it would take to make six characters like that on the big screen.
0: Maybe Harry is going to be the main character. And I maybe give, they'll I... use that as like Dane DeHaan. This is a vehicle for him to be the lead, but... Man, I that, that just seems like a recipe for disaster
1: I think Harry just turned into such a bad person Like he had one neck scab And it's like, well, head's gotta start rolling Because I gotta get it <laughs> <laughs> It's like my hand's shaking a little research.
0: bit I'm pretty sure I have to start pulling a gun out on people
1: Yeah, right, like my eyes are getting really puffy I need something now Well, my blood doesn't work Well, let me try this stuff and this stuff Oh, they work perfectly
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I wish I would have just gotten into this suit earlier <laughs>
1: Well, that's like another one of these things. It's like this suit gives you like auto healing and increased like physical agility. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean? It fixes you on the inside.
0: This is our special fixing suit. We spent all of our money into this, and that's why Rhino looks the way that Rhino looks.
1: You see this little slot here? It pumps out script pages, so it tells you what to do when you're wearing. Oh wow, this is great. <laughs> oh my gosh, Just get out of here! I don't know. I I'd like to see him get venom or something but but then what do you do in the, in the last spider-man movie what do you do in amazing spider-man 3
0: yeah, because you can't do venom and have venom die or anything like that because then you have the venom movie you can't do sinister six and then do a sinister six movie without the shocker yeah it's gonna be like shocker and uh fucking um Craven. Okay, like I really i have no idea what they could do I mean swarm. there's a lot of villains out there but a lot of villains you can't build a movie around
1: swarm guy made of bees
0: right swarm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just the thing. peg down Be like oh, I okay think we, that, we took I think that you should sandman that was the fifth one in that um that Shazam
0: picture preview thing I hope not sandman I don't want more sandman I mean sandman's okay for different stuff but he shouldn't have even been in the first series little
1: If they have Sandman, they need to get new music people, or there will be a scene where they stumble into a Metallica concert. (laughs) (laughs) Because these are the most ham-fisted people that pick the music.
0: Well, I really can't think of anybody. I mean, maybe that's a chance to do something really outside the box um, and include none of those characters for that would be in Sinister Six. Like... The Doc Ock and the uh, Rhino and Mysterio and all that. Maybe that is a chance to do something like Morlin.
1: Yeah. Um, Who would you say wrote, Morbius.
0: Oh, fuck Morbius. The hell with that. The <laughs> vampires.
1: Actually, yeah. I was going to say, if this was 10 years ago, it would 100% be Morbius. Morbius
0: oh, sorry, should have been a movie, music, if anything else. Um... But we know it's not going to be like rebuilding the whole third movie around. Molten Man. Or Hydro Man or fucking... Uh,
1: oh, Hydro Man.
0: The looter. Like,
1: <laughs>
0: the <laughs> wizard, mean, the prowler. <laughs> I mentioned fucking uh, Big Wheel and Hypno Hustler earlier. What if they do Spot? Spot.
1: <laughs> they like the Spot these days in the comics and watch out. We haven't had Spider Mobile yet.
0: <laughs> or Mr. Negative.
1: Oh, Mr. Negative. <laughs> Mr. Negative's the Gentleman's sidekick. The Gentleman!
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're rounded out by a third villain that they just call Sir. <laughs> kind Sir. <laughs> Mr. and Gentleman and Kind Sir.
1: It sounds like <laughs> the plot for that 1602 Spider-Man. It,
0: with a terrible three. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. But again, I keep trying to check because it's... Well, it's almost 1 o'clock here on the East Coast, which means eh, it's still oh. – it's, it's not even 10 o'clock in L.A. We're not really seeing numbers yet because they should be – they should know soon how this is tracking. and I think that will change a lot of things. I think if this movie doesn't hit 100 million this weekend, it's, it's going to be an interesting conversation.
0: I got one suggestion if we're talking about stuff for the future that I just thought of right now. And this should not have been a third film, so I don't know if they can pull that off or whatever. I think it should have been a first or sec well, Actually, no, it should have been a second film. Craven and Scorpion.
1: Oh, I forgot about Scorpion.
0: Yeah, they're cool. Scorpion's the main villain. Craven is, uh, hunting them both. That kind of thing. Could have worked oh, better cool. with uh lizard, I think, than Scorpion, but you already did lizard, so you can't do that again. Um, yeah craven scorpion maybe that would be my guess or somebody like moreland or fucking just do sinister six and then just don't do the movie
1: but then you're hitting on the spider-man thing like what does what does the scorpion ever want
0: just make him a mindless creature built to hunt spider-man or something like that i guess i don't know
1: craven something them both sure but then what's your a story what's peter parker doing like what's the what's the thing
0: I don't know, I'd have to actually think about that. I'm thinking of just tweet, uh,
1: yeah, I'm just spitballing with yeah. you. But I think that's the that's the weird thing about Spider-Man's Rogues Gallery.
0: I've always said that if I if somebody said to me, look, you've got full control that you could ignore everything from the past, you could include stuff from the past, what do you want to do for three films? I would say first film, you do origin story and um the burglar that kills um Uncle Ben, that all that kind of stuff, and you do Green Goblin, pretty much the same as what they did in the first Spider Man.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: if you don't do that, then you do Lizard, which they did in this one. So I was like, oh, you know, okay. Uh, second movie, you do Craven and Lizard because that is the hunt angle, and make it to where he is responsible enough that he knows he has to stop Lizard, but he doesn't want Craven to kill him, and Craven is going after spider-man 2 and you don't do the whole like should i give up my powers thing bullshit and that never is a decent enough storyline i think and third one you go with uh hobgoblin harry osborn and venom hobgoblin being harry osborn um yeah but i don't know what they're gonna do in this one um but that's something to speculate about what would you like to see them do guys
1: Daze, you can take it first. Um, I, I got to think about that one for a minute.
2: Um, I just wish they would stop.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's. Go ahead,
2: Daze. They should just stop, let the time run out, and let Marvel just do it right. Um, I I just I, I want to see him versus like a Venom Carnage because Venom is just awesome. But at the same time, I, I don't. They tried to pack too much into this one. To the point where I think they're gonna, they're just blowing themselves up to the point where they won't be able to uh, perform in the third one.
1: Any well, ideas, Tom? I, yeah, I think. Well, I think they threw so much in this one because they know this one's got, either got a hit or it's over. Because I, I think with th- this movie, I mean, Hollywood accounting—it's hard to figure out what anything costs—but this movie, they probably put over three hundred million into. So if this thing's not a smash hit, I could see them being. Open to being bought out from Marvel, but um, I mean, see, you, you took away um, Science Peter, so you can't really do like a doppelganger thing in the last one. I mean, the only place you could, re- the, the only turf they I see they could really go is to do some kind of Venom story. Um, I always thought Hobgoblin was interesting, um, maybe Scorpion, but again, a lot of Spider-Man villains are almost like accessories to somebody. Mm-hmm. and it's lacking a lot of that somebody, I feel like. Like, I don't know who, that, especially without access to any other Marvel uh, rogues gallery. The fact that you can't have Kingpin, you know, to kind of be orchestrating any of these things. I mean, I guess you could try to do something with them. Um, I wonder if they have, they probably have the rights to Tombstone, right? I think so. Or Hammerhead. You could do Hammerhead and Tombstone and that they're the ones that are orchestrating this whole thing. at Silvermane. A Silvermane. That'd be another cool one.
0: They did build something out there where they said that Os Corpus, some kind of ties to... Uh, some kind of criminal organization, but they didn't say what.
1: Yeah, well, I thought it was like, didn't they say it was just like some like a like, uh, military thing?
0: It might have been that.
1: Because that's why they were making the, I assume that's the only reason they'd be inventing gun, rhino gun suits.
3: Because
0: <laughs> the government was like, yeah, we went to uh, we did the Serengeti and, you know, we went all around the world and started looking at animals and we thought, It was pretty badass. Rhinos. (laughs) He was like rhinos, but with a gun.
1: (laughs) Well, I'd love to be in that pitch meeting, too. It's like, oh, man, Richard, we're out of funding for our our breakthrough genetics medicine research. Well, let's see what the Russians want. All right, guys, what do you want for unlimited funding? We want rhinos. (laughs) You want what? (laughs) Rhinos with guns.
0: Okay, well, we don't know if we can actually give them guns and teach them how to use them, but no, we want want metal rhinos with guns.
1: We're trying to invent the cure for cancer. You think you cannot make Rhino with gun? I mean, we'll try. It's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah, this is easy.
0: <laughs> uh, all right, let's take some of our uh, resources out of that magical healing suit. It's that's, that's a dead-end project. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> let's just go make a pair of wings that are green. <laughs> you know it's one thing I wanted to talk about? I thought that was cool about this movie because um, we kind of talked about the Marvel thing. I thought this movie did the PTSD thing way better than Iron Man three did.
0: What do you mean with the? Um, well, so Iron visions
1: Man of, yeah, the visions of her and that guilt. I think that's why I like the beginning so much because you really because I one of the things I hate about the first Spider Man movie is Peter Parker is the ultimate likable character, right? He's the person we can all see ourselves in. All right, one of my mentors on your deathbed. I promise to stay away from your daughter. <laughs> Promises are made to be broken. <laughs> to be you. I was like, wow, what an asshole. I hope I hope that Madame Web brings him back to life and he just kicks Spider Man's ass.
0: Um you, Helaman. <laughs>
1: Tell your friends. But um, in this movie, I think I think because again, the way that you keep the fantastic rooted in reality without being super broody like DC and all the blah. Crazy dark soundtrack is by making it realize like that guy just saw, he's an 18 year old kid who watched someone dive in front of his eyes. And the fact that he's seeing this guy places and he knows he can't live with what happened, I think that's a good plot line. Whereas Iron Man 3, it's I'm the world's leading genius. Aliens just invaded my planet. Oh my gosh, I should have seen this coming. Drawings give me flashbacks, but flying in the suit that I fought the aliens in doesn't. So like I just thought, I thought that was like, and then then the little kid tells him to fix himself, and he says okay, because little kids equals dollars, money, money just pouring out of kid's mouths like a Chuck E. Cheese machine. Ding 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 ding.
0: Yeah, at but least he didn't uh, wear a mini Iron Man suit and stand up to the fake Mandarin in that.
1: No but, he, no, but he did. Iron Man did give the little kid some piece of ammunition to shoot at people.
0: <laughs> Responsible. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know. I, I, I just, I mean, we never really got to talk about Iron Man three, which I didn't like at all, but um, I just thought this movie really sold that PTSD thing better. Cause I thought, I thought the character work at the beginning was good. I just thought, I think there was, there could have been two good movies out of what they told in the second part of that movie. There was just so much stuff going on there, but I thought, I thought the, the PTSD regret from the past thing was better than Iron Man three.
0: So I think we pretty much touched on everything that I was thinking about doing. Um, is there anything, other topics that you guys wanted to talk about, Dace?
2: No, I think I'm good.
0: Tom?
1: Um, I think the one last thing is going off what we just said, kind of what Dace brought up. So five Spider-Man movies in 12 years, Are we just? do we just need a break from the wall crawler? I don't think so.
3: <laughs>
0: I think uh, what you need, though, is you just need a clear direction and you need, when this series is over with, whatever it ends up happening, um, hopefully it doesn't end in as bad of a kerfuffle, or whatever you could say, as Spider-Man 3 (laughs) did. Uh, I think you don't reboot and do the origin. I think that Spider-Man's in a weird territory where, like, the batman movies we had this these four movies that were the same continuity and then enough time passed and everybody was just like we cannot have the same continuity with these we need (laughs) something new that people were really receptive to batman begins and superman you know it's a brand new universe Uh, more than enough time has passed with that because superman returns barely fucking counts um (laughs) That people were willing to just go with a new continuity. Shame that it sucks, but uh, <laughs> X-Men is still doing the same thing. They still are from, you know, 1999 pulling the same continuity out there. Well, they're, they're figuring kind of out... eating it too. Yeah. But they're figuring out a way to kind of have both of uh, the best of the different worlds. Spider-Man is the only one that we've ever really had where we've had a reboot happened so fast after the other ones have happened that the first thing everybody was saying was, well, they're not going to do the origin, right? Because we just went through the Spider-Man movie and that kind of bothered a lot of people for the first one. If they do that again in like, I don't know, six years or something like that, people will be just so over the character at that point that I don't think that's worth it. I think at that point you go with something where you just kind of stick right into Spider-Man. You just go, let's just do Spider-Man and the beginning of the film, he's Spider-Man and now Spider-Man does shit. Like, but I think the next logical step needs to be that they need to go over to Marvel. I don't think at the end of this series, there is any chance whatsoever that Spider-Man doesn't just get sent over to Disney.
1: I just whether they're willing to buy him out really. Cause it's, how, how do you say, especially when <clears throat> two of Marvel's movies are the top five grossing movies ever, how, how do you say what the value of these characters are? That's why I think this one needs to be very mediocre for them to be open to that talk. What do you think, days people, people sick of Spider-Man?
2: Uh, I just feel like... Ever since Marvel did the Avengers, when everybody kind of like scoffed at them, now the other studios are rushing to open up the same kind of universe and they're ruining the other franchises by doing so because they didn't. I feel like phase one, even though it took so long, it was long enough that when we got the Avengers, it was like awesome. (laughs) Now it's like, well, we got to do this in half the time and let's push everything out as we possibly can and give them every single character ever. I think it's just going to kill the franchise and we're going to be tired of Spider-Man unfortunately sooner than later.
1: Yeah, That's a good way to put it.
0: But any other topics you guys want to uh, touch upon?
1: I'm good. I think we yeah. kind of covered everything. Oh, I if you want to talk about that fucking oboe again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so pissed. Oboe man, oboe man. <laughs> oh yeah, real quick reference the music. I thought it was cool that he was using the Spider-Man theme as his ringtone.
3: Yeah,
1: that's fun. But it really, cause it's, it's like what Dacia said. When you have a single character trying to build a whole universe, there's just really no, not that much room for Easter eggs. <clears throat> not in the way that we, we're used to getting excited about them. Although, you know what someone said to me when I was going to this? Did you think in Winter Soldier when it said a high school valedictorian that, that could have been an unnamed Peter Parker?
0: A high school valedictorian? What did they say that in there?
1: Um, when they're doing that thing where they're going, they're like naming off all the people on the list. Um, I think it was Sitwell who said it's when he sa- he he, go- he names a bunch of these people. He's like and a high school valedictorian, Stephen Strange. Like it's in a list. It's one of the spoken ones, though.
0: Maybe, maybe. I
1: thought that could be a cool thing that if if maybe they think there's a chance of getting this thing back, that they they stunk that in there.
0: Maybe some kind of a reference to Ultimate Reed Richards.
1: Yeah, that's true. Maybe. Oh, my God. Talk about train wrecks. all yeah. a movie to come put everything in perspective.
0: Yeah. No, Fast no, no. forward to whenever we end up covering that movie on a, on a group meeting podcast, that's going to blow.
1: <laughs> Actually, yeah. Let me get this on record now. I, if that movie sucks, I called it first. Boom. On- <laughs> Tom Jackson, I'm, that movie sucks.
2: I'm not going to go watch it. No? No. I, I, I refuse think... to give them money. They need to learn their lesson. That might be my
1: first uh, New York City bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> Just to support the local economy. Fantastic works. We'll see if that thing even gets to the theater. Now that we know we got Mole Man to look forward to.
0: (laughs) Mole Man leader. (laughs) Uh, There is going to be, speaking of transitioning to the plug section here, um, there is going to be another talk that we're going to have with comic book movies. Later on this month, we're going to try to do an X-Men Days of Future Past group meeting review. But we're also going to try to do our first ever episode of fan tracks, where we do commentary through the episodes of the 90s animated series that covered Days of Future Past. So if you are interested in stuff like riff tracks, kind of related things, but not necessarily just we watch bad things, make jokes about it. This is uh, more from the fan perspective and explaining things we liked about this kind of stuff. That is going to be coming up, Commentary Fan Tracks. You'll check that out on this same YouTube channel, and uh, we will do that on iTunes and Stitcher as well. Uh, The other plugs that I can throw out there for Fanboys Anonymous that um, are in the same kind of vein, obviously go to fanboysanonymous.com, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, And other A Mango Tree related projects and other Fanboys Anonymous related projects and other things that you'll find on Mega Powers Radio and anything else affiliated with us. There is a ton of different ways you can find the information out there. The main things are on Facebook and on the websites themselves. So go check them out. You'll stumble across a lot of different stuff that you're interested in. And hey, maybe you even want to be a contributor or something like that. If you do, send in an application and... Stay tuned to everything else that's coming your way from, from us. Passing along here. Tom, plugs. Uh, I'm
1: just a contributor for Fanboys Anonymous, uh, and I'm also an editor for the Real Deal movie site. That's therealdealiansblog.com.
2: Dace. Follow me on Twitter at TheDaceMan, and check me out Wednesday nights on Powers Radio hosting The Dace Man Show.
0: We also have another episode of the For Real Movie Club coming up. That is, uh, what date is that? That is
2: May 18th.
0: And we're going to be covering monster movies, if I remember correctly.
1: Giant monster movies. Not horror movies, but in time for the new Godzilla movie.
0: Which does look pretty cool. (sighs) So, uh, for everybody on the panel this evening, and for myself... Thank you guys for joining in. Thank you guys for listening. If you're out there in viewer land, I'm Tony Mango, and better good, I'm gonna be a fanboy for life for Spider-Man. This meeting is adjourned. See you next time, everybody.